Welcome to another episode of Going Off on One. Going Off on One. Going Off on One. Yes, we have to say that three times. I literally didn't ask him to do that, but I mean, to be honest, when Joel echoed, I couldn't resist joining in. It was, yeah, uh, you had to kind of just ruin the introduction, basically. You've ruined the whole podcast, that's it. Goodbye, everyone. Um, No, seriously, Tim, thank you all for uh, tuning in and listening. And I think it's been obviously. Yeah, it's been about Sorry. a couple of weeks. Oh, for God's sake, you still laughing about that intro, aren't you? I was in one of those moods, so this should be yeah. an interesting podcast. You know, it's all that fucking chocolate milk you're drinking. What the fuck is in that? So, uh, Vitamins, protein. Oh, God. And a case of the crazies. And a case of the- <laughs> yeah, they might be in here too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, careful being a bit on PC now. Uh, I'm allowed to do it. I suffer from depression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, so he does have the case of the crazies. Yeah, yeah no, no, fair play. Yeah. Um, Hold on, you just mocked his depression then? Oh, I have anxiety. So oh, yeah. I'm you can't get away with that. I mean, I mean, in terms of impression of Olympics, I think Joel's just about, you know, beats Oh, right, Joel wins the impression of the Olympics. There we go, yeah. But the thing is, because he's so depressed, he won't be bothered to move. So oh, he oh, oh. won't be bothered. Oh, actually, I'm taking medication, so I'm fine. Okay. Fuck you. Hang on, you're taking steroids. You should be bad for the impression of the Olympics. <laughs> How dark is this time? Like, already, it's just Well, anyway, I'm and, Joel. And, and this is Joel, who he's obviously pointed out he had depression. Obviously, it's important to talk I about that. You could have made it out, so, like, anyway. Oh, okay. Anyway, this is uh, Joel. Yeah, I'm Hi, Joel. Joel. I'm Mark. And I'm Lee, and if it's your first time listening, this is not what the podcast is about. It's uh, about mod- you know, mocking mental health. No, it genuinely so. Or talking about it. Or yeah. talking about it. Although, yeah, it is important to talk about. No, not that we won't talk about it, but that's not the only thing we talk about. No, yeah. no it's genu- genuinely, in all seriousness, we talk about current affairs. And we do have a try, try to have a laugh, because obviously we're all friends, and as you can see there. So, I think we should move on uh, to our first topic in current affairs. Joel, can you... Yeah, we're going to go talk about the current status... Of the UK. Oh, it's, it's, it's also this latest running TV series, which is getting fucking annoying now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting bored of it. I hope, I hope it's actually this TV series. writing a new episode because they don't want to end it. And exactly. the thing is, and it, and it comes up with these plot twists, and the things I kind of want them to cancel it, and I think many people want them to okay. cancel it too. How did you bring her back to life? I know. <laughs> exactly. So we must be on literally, she must be clinging on to the edge. <laughs> like, seriously, we thought we'd shot her already, but no. Um, no, that's obviously we're, we're talking, talking about Brexit. Brexit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so people that um, aren't aware, the UK is due to leave the EU on the 29th of March. Is it 29th? Yeah. 2019. Wow. Well, 2019, yeah. So I got that right. And uh, Theresa May obviously negotiated a deal with the EU. Um, let's just say it didn't go down too well. well um, I mean, she had a load of cabinet resignations and there's going to be a vote in Parliament in December and... I mean, it's incredibly unlikely to pass. Like, and so what might have to happen? She might have to go to the EU, or she might get voted no confidence in her, or there could be a general election. I mean, we have literally no idea what's going to happen. I, 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 it's, it's funny because before Brexit even happened, before there was even a referendum, I could often gauge the state of UK politics. Like, 
in general, like in 2015, I kind of knew uh, the Tories were going to win a majority. Like yeah. it was kind of obvious, uh, yeah. and you knew where you sort of stood with things. And it was kind of you got central. But since Brexit. Cameron resigned. There was been a, a 2017 general election in which Corbyn was lost, but somehow the winner because he gained like 30 seats and forced a hung parliament. And the irony was Theresa May was saying, "You want a strong, stable government, not a coalition of chaos and a hung parliament." That's exactly what you got under Theresa May. And so, what's happened as a result? And we've, it's culminated to this point where the coalitions you have with the DUP, the DUP hate the deal. DPR, the gov- ruling government in Northern Ireland. Uh, no, they're not. They're well, not. Uh, there's, there's, Stormont isn't. Sorry, they don't um, have a. Government. They, don't, they don't. They don't have. So Northern Ireland are meant to have a parliament, but they're at an impasse, and they can't I mean, agree they're to one. The largest party. Yeah. I mean, they are the largest party. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, they're, but they're they're the Democratic Unionist Party who are. Um, a pro-UK party, is in like so they they believe Northern Ireland should yeah. be still part of the UK, but somehow they you know they want a proper Brexit in their opinion, which would I'm sorry which end would end up in a border between Ireland and Northern Ireland. It's a very even though they don't want that. Well, but Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland is hilarious because as far as I can tell, yeah, the exact deal that they want is they want no border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, but they want, they want the UK freedom of movement only for. The Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, cross border, but no one else. They want access to the single market. Yeah, they. Yeah, they. What they don't want is like, but they don't want it to have a different relationship from the rest of the UK. But yeah. you will have a different relationship no. from the, from the rest of the UK just by having this special. If you want to keep that freedom movement with Ireland and with Ireland. You're gonna have a different relationship than the UK. So, so like they didn't like what something what's called this backstop that Theresa May in the EU came up with. I, I'm, I'm actually not clear on it. What is this backstop? Basically, we're gonna be, and when we leave our, it, on the 29th, we will enter what will effectively be like a transition period, where while we're negotiating a free trade deal with the EU, we will still have access to the single market. Um, there'll still be freedom of movement. Basically, all of the rules that that we currently have under the EU will still be there, except we will no longer have the ability to vote for MEPs. We will have yeah. no say in European Parliament. Yeah. We will have no say under the... Like, so you know that the EEA has say through a body. We have no say through that body because we won't be part the of EA it. Being the EEA yeah. so the EEA, for people that don't know, being the European economic area. And how many countries are part of that? Three. So Norway, um, Iceland, Iceland, Switzerland. No, no. Switzerland like have a separate thing. Um, but I can't remember. Anyway, so there's three countries involved in that. They, they sort of have. To, they're part of the single market, customs union, but they're not, but, but they're not part of the European. But as, as, as Joel said, they still have a. Say, they have so, a body that represents. So is it so? This backstop is it a transitional thing or? Yes, what? it's going to be a transition period until they can work out. But it's basically what? indefinite. An indefinite transition period until we agree a free trade deal with the EU. Yeah, and this is, I think, this is what a lot of hard breakfasters really don't like because they go, well, when are we, there's no set date to leave the EU then. Essentially, we'll leave the EU once we've agreed. Because that's the thing, this, this Brexit deal that May's come up with, it's not, that's the thing, it, it doesn't really set out our future relationship with the EU. It's a it, yeah, you know, no, all it does, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, but all it does really is say, well, these are the terms of our departure. And then once we've negotiated a free trade deal, then we'll know what the what the um, what the full terms are. But the thing about free trade deals, right, is they take all of most free trade deals take at least a decade to negotiate. 
And so we could be in a transition period. If Brexit goes ahead, we could be in a transition period for about 10 years. And right. I, I mean, and, and, and I suppose, you know, so we're being a bit of a state of flux, really. Can we reverse it at that time? I mean, yeah, I mean, we can revoke Article 50. We, we literally can. I mean, the whether guy, the guy who wrote it actually said actually that. said yeah. that, but whether there's a will to do Before it. Before we leave. Yeah. No, after we... He said you can revoke it any time. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. Any time during... During the, trans- during the period of Article which 50. Is, which is 10 years. No, during the period of Article 50. Article 50 is two years. Oh, yeah. oh okay, yeah. So once we leave, we leave, basically. Yeah. Um, we will effectively uh, left. It's just we we'll have all of the rules of the EU. Yeah. But, OK, so, so like... Sorry, the worst I, of all worlds. But yeah. what is, so Theresa May's claim we're going to have our own agricult- um, agricultural fisheries policy... Um, and then we'll end freedom of movement, so we're not following all the EU rules. So that's what she's claiming. Um, no. If you read as far as I can tell. Yeah. But that's what she said, there'll be, there'll be no freedom of movement. Freedom of movement. You know, she lies. Mark, to be honest, to be honest, I'm sorry to break it. No, 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 I know that, but her, she's claiming that we won't, well, there'll be a special status for EU citizens and UK citizens, but there'll be no freedom of movement. But that is freedom of movement, that's the special status. Like, no, no. I think what she meant was in that terms of rights already in, it, all, in, Europe, in those countries. But she's saying freedom of movement will end after yeah. the 29th of March. I mean, from what I've read, on no, paper. But maybe, maybe somewhere in there because it's like 500 pages. And we're going to have our own fishery, so we'll get control mm. back of our own waters. So yeah, I don't think any of us have actually read the full 500 page document because obviously we all have lives yeah. um, but no in all seriousness if anyone has read it and, what, and, and it wants to correct us on, on anything that we've talked about then feel free to because I think what we've got is sort of the headlines we've seen in the newspapers and the media summaries and things like and, that and the summaries yeah. and things like that and, so, um, so, but do you know what strikes me worse about this uh, there was a BBC journalist that interviewed Theresa May and said so uh, if if this gets voted down in Parliament, your deal. Because it's funny, Remainers are not happy in the sense that um, there's no democratic say in these rules that they have with the EU. Leavers aren't happy because it doesn't go far enough in leaving the EU. So, it's, again, it's likely to get voted down. And a BBC journalist said, what happens if this deal gets voted down? Uh, you got plan B? And she went, no, our plan is to convince... Uh, Parliament to pass this deal and that's what we're committed to do but what's your plan B in case that doesn't happen our plan is to um, convince Parliament to vote through the deal no but what if that doesn't happen and she, she was like a fucking robot yeah. and like it, there was a clip of Gogglebox at a, a Channel 4 programme where where they film uh, members of the public watching the news and stuff like yeah. that and they just the, people don't know much about politics but even they went she's not answering the bloody question like, she just refused to, because she doesn't have a clue. And yeah. also, what's, what I find interesting is she's reached out to the public. Yeah. So she's... Written an open letter. Yeah, with an open letter saying, I want you to get behind this deal because this is what's best for the country. Because I think she's banking on a general election. But no, 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 no I don't, I see, I don't no. even think it's that. No, 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 no. I disagree. I know. The reason she's reached out to the public, she wants them to convince... Their MPs to vote for to the vote deal. through the deal actually, so, yeah, to, to vote sense. through the deal, but obviously, pretty much, I suppose in one in a weird way, the one thing this deal has done is actually unite Remainers and Leave. Yeah, in the sense that everybody hates it. Like yeah. nobody, very few people, apart from the the people in her cabinet who say you know that they're behind it. 
which I still don't believe Michael Gove is behind this, quite frankly. But they're the only ones who have publicly said that they're behind it. Um, there might have been... I, I can't think anyone else who's really... Most MPs on all sides, whether they vote remain or leave, whether they want a second referendum on the EU, whether they want a hard Brexit, you know, everyone just doesn't think... It, it is, it's not Brexit. It's not the deal that anybody that voted for Brexit actually voted for, really. So yeah. the problem yeah. is, what deal is? That's my question, because mm. Brexit, because when there was the whole referendum, yeah. my whole argument was, there were so many different versions of Brexit that was being talked about, the EEA model, uh, the WTO model, um, Canada Plus, Canada Plus, 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 or whatever, you know, there was all these different types of deals that Brexiteers were talking about, and even Remain as well. So, this argument... See, this is why I get a bit... This argument that it isn't the Brexit deal anyone wanted. There was what, a what? lot of Brexit deals people talked about. She must have gone through all of that and just went, nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like... I just think it's such poor leadership. and But also as well, Labour leadership, it's just like... They want to try and negotiate their own deal. That their, their idea is to have a general election, to win it, and then to go to Brussels to negotiate mm. the deal. Um, and they want... They basically want an EEA model. That's essentially what it is. They yeah. say a customs union. A, a new market, customs union. A new yeah. customs union and a single market, but there won't uh, be freedom of movement. However, it'll still pass the six tests, Labour's six tests. Which are, you know, protected environment rights, workers' rights. Um, well, what else? I think that's basically like the same. You know, like the S&P have basically said yeah. that they're for the... The EEA plus plus model, or the Norway yeah. plus plus model. Is that what Labour essentially stand for? Yeah. I think, and from what I can gather, the EEA plus yeah. plus model is basically full access to the single market, but without freedom of movement. And I'm like, we'll see how well that works out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, this is it. I mean, if I mean, obviously, I'm I'm biased. I am a Labour member here. Um, so I mean, yeah, so am I. Yeah, so see, yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Fair enough. Actually, even Labour are split on it themselves, like even their members. But in terms of like, you know, uh, Corbyn's supposed Brexit deal about whether it would he, he would ever go for it. I mean, the thing is, like, if there is a general election and then Corbyn actually gets in, I think the EU will absolutely at least negotiate with him. How much they'll accept. I don't know, but they'll at least negotiate with him, and I think I think they might accept restrictions on freedom yeah. movement, but they would not accept like full down. And as in, like, yeah, which yeah. is part of negotiations. Uh, but uh, also, journalists sort of questioned Corbyn the other day, saying, "Yeah, but they've said this is the only deal on offer." The Theresa May's one, they said, "Yeah, but everyone says that when they're negotiating, they said this is it or nothing, this or bust." But I'm pretty sure if there was a general election, and it changed massive change it, of circumstances. It, it, a massive yeah. change of circumstances, they would. Be more pro, they would be more open to this. But okay, so there is that. But also, if a general election doesn't happen before March the 20, uh, 29th, Labour have committed to all options on the table, which includes a people's vote. But whenever they vote, so every other Labour MP said, Yeah, people's vote if we don't get a general election. Corbyn is at all options on the table. He can't bring himself to talk about a people's vote. And whether you're for or against a people's vote, a second referendum, Brexit or well, so he's, he's against it, isn't he? So, it, yeah. He's against it, but he doesn't want to admit it. He doesn't want to admit it, but also he's, he claims he's trying to protect the Leave voting Labour constituencies. You know, the ones who don't want a second referendum. But polling, a, a large number of polls now say that public opinion is shifting. I'm not saying it's 
fully supported second referendum, but there's definitely an appetite for it. Well, I mean, but the problem with the people mooting this, and yeah, so I'm, I'm reluctantly for it. I think it needs to happen. But the problem is there's no one set option. Some people say it will have three options on it. Some people will say have two. You know, the people that are running... I, I the people that... Be, the, yeah. Like, basically, there should be, obviously... Theresa May is the one there, obviously, because if, yeah. if they have, especially if they're going to have one after it gets voted down, because I imagine it's going to get voted down in Parliament, so then the next step after that would be to legislate for put, it, put yeah. it to the people yeah. as a referendum. Yeah. So then you'd have, like, on there would probably be No Deal, Theresa May's Deal, the EEA, Stay in the EU, and maybe something else like. There'll be five options, you think? There might even be a fifth option, which might be, like, um, <laughs> a Canada style free trade deal, but, you know. I mean, the problem, you can't have, I, I don't think you can have too and many it, options and on actually, the ballot someone paper. someone else pointed out to no, me the day, yeah. So I, I was just saying, I don't think you can have too many options on the ballot paper, because I think, you know, it was hard enough for people to understand what even the EU meant in the first place. If they then have to sort of, like, inform themselves about all the different types of Brexit, yeah. then how many people are really going to take the and time also, to do that? And actually, would then there be a massively low turnout, and the vote would be split across a lot of these options? And, and this yeah. is another thing as well. So, like, the winner would get less than 50% of the vote, most likely. Yeah. Um, so how can that be any sort of mandate to run with? Mm. Um, that's well, the, what you'd probably have to do is you'd probably have to do a couple of referendums on the final referendum, where you go, right, we're going to start with never this many options. Never ever, never ending. Never ending. Like, it's never a never-ending story in referendum, yeah. But you would have to, to be like, even if there's four options, which most likely there probably will be, you'd have to then put, it down, have to to put it down to the last two. I, yeah, I mean, because obviously, or or what you could have, you could have a, a single. Or you just put in a rule that says that if it's four options, then you can go. Oh no, you could have whoever a, gets over thirty percent wins. Or or hang on, hang on, hang on. You could uh, have a yeah. single transferable vote, so you could do your preferred... No, no, sit down, hear me out. No, it could be that. Yeah, single transferable vote, so you're given the least now shaking his head, but I don't see what the bad idea is, because you have your preference in order... That what they'll do when they'll, we vote in the they'll, Assembly. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll reallocate the vote, and then there'll be one option that'll get over 50%. Yeah, that'd work. So that would work. That's probably what would have to happen. A, a preference... I, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I get to be honest. Right, the reason I'm sort of like got my head in my hands there is because, I mean, I'm not in principle against that option. I think you know, yeah, having a range of options, great. Let's thought so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is the thing. You've just thought of it now. There is no MP in Parliament that will, that will be for that. Really, that, what, a single transferable vote? No, 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 no not for uh, an option of staying in the EU or leaving. Right? No, no, but, but that's what I'm saying. There'll be no on an EU referendum. Options. I don't think there'll be any MP, even the ones that are for uh, a people's vote. I don't think there's going to be any MP that'll be for that. Or there won't be enough MPs that'll be for that for that to even happen. Oh, a single transferable vote. Yeah, there won't be enough. There will not I, be enough. I, MPs. I, 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 well, I think for four, will, for a range of options. I, I think there will only because. I, I, I don't know where you get hang on, hang on, I think they will, only because the first referendum was such a sham in terms of no one, no one knew what they were voting for. Yeah. I'm sorry, no one did. Remainers are leavers. And this, and so they're going to try and remedy this. If they do do it, they'll try and remedy it by going, here are the actual options, give us your preferred options and then we'll calculate it and work it all out. 
I think that's what will, I think that's the best options, and it's interesting. What um, they asked Corbyn, would you ever vote to stay in the EU if there was a second referendum? And he turned around and went, well, it depends what options are on the table. Now, that tells me if Labour do push for a people's vote, they'll consider their options. And maybe staying in the EU might not be on it. Maybe it'll just be all these different types of Brexit. Well, no, I mean, personally, it's so like myself that voted for May that I wouldn't even vote for anything because I'm just like, oh, well, I'd vote for the EEA. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, like, I'm apologetically in yeah, favour. Yeah, 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 I, I know I'll, that. I know that. I'm just saying. None of like, for me. Happens, for me, so I would. I, I mean, personally, myself. I mean, you've got to. You know, this is the thing about Brexit. Even even three of us that all voted for May, we all disagree on what should happen. Now, that's, that's quite interesting. But and this reflects the country. It reflects, reflects the country. The but I guess for me, I if, if there was an option, if, if there was a referendum with no option to remain, I'd be like, well, all kinds of Brexit are going to be worse than the current arrangement. So therefore, for me, like. There would be, yeah, that'd be a least shit option, but I, I just like, but I, I would never, can I just I, say, can I just say, I personally would just abstain because, like, I couldn't vote for, if, if Remain wasn't on there, because I, that is still the best option. Yeah, you know, that's well, in, like, you know, economically. Over, economically. Yes, I know, practically, I know. But, but also, yeah. as well, I think you've got to bear in mind that if you put a people's vote towards the government, uh, an idea of a referendum towards the government, the only way the government will go for that, the only way Theresa May will go for that, if Remain is not on the option, on the deal, because Theresa May said all along, whatever happens, we will Brexit. No, 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 but she also said, if you don't vote for this deal, there could be a chance of a no Brexit. And Michael Gove actually came out today and said that, yes, if MPs do not vote for this deal, (coughs) there's a real risk that we won't leave the EU. Or that we'll get a no deal. She said those two options. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no No deal deal or no Brexit. So maybe maybe that's what the option should be. Theresa May's deal, no deal, or stay in. Maybe that's what, I mean, I obviously no deal was very dangerous, but if it's what, I don't know, it, 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 it I think to those the, are the options, let's be honest, no one's going to vote for Theresa May's deal, we're going to be back in the same situation we were before, Yeah. either people are voting to stay in or leave. Yeah. I mean, but then at least, at least no deal will be very clear about what it is, rather yeah. than, that, because when we had the first referendum was Brexit or Remain... Um, as Mark said, there are many different options on the table. Whereas I think, actually, if you had those three options, a no deal, Theresa May's deal, or the main, if you had those three options on the ballot paper, that's very clear to people. That goes, we, we see what the options are, we know what the options are going to be, this is what, and if you decide to have a no deal, then that is what But with decide. the people's vote, Labour are going to want to put their option on there. Uh, well, but, yeah, I mean, but, I, I mean, the thing is, right, unless they win the general election, they're not going to be able to do that, so... Well, um, if they win the general election... They oh, yeah, they're not going to have a referendum, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, also, but this is what annoys me when Brexiteers say, oh, um, the EEA, or anything that's not a no-deal, that's not what I voted for. You didn't vote for a no-deal. I'm sorry, you didn't vote yeah. for a no-deal. Yeah. The yeah. people who claim they voted for a no-deal... That's not true. You didn't vote for No Deal. Yeah. And you can't say I mean, 17.4 million people, all of them, mm. voted for No Deal. No, didn't. So, I mean, uh, so I think let's, I think we can, let's start to, I think, to start summarise. So, in terms of what we, I, I'd be interested to hear what we all want, because whether we, you know, um, believe what will happen, maybe it's, I think it would be really good to say what we all want to happen. Now, I'll just say myself, and then you go, Joe, and then Mark. Yeah. So, personally, what I'd like to see happen right now is for this deal to be voted down, a general election to be called, uh, uh, you know, for Labour, uh, you know, for la- hopefully Labour to win that, and then for Labour to negotiate a deal. Um, if that can't happen, 
because um, that's the thing the, the toys are going to want to cling on to power in the unlikely event that's my ideal scenario but in the unlikely event that doesn't happen then I then I personally then want a, a, a people's vote with remain no deal a maze deal that's that's sort of where my head's at to be honest and, and Joel, and Joel what will... is your okay. what do you what would you like to see what would I like to see okay are we then all going to go around as well and go and do what we think is going to happen yeah 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 well, I think we yeah. should as well yeah cool so what I would like to see, I guess, is I mean, deal gets voted down. Um, somehow that causes a general election. Somehow we end up with at least a left-wing coalition. Yeah, yeah. A Labour-led government. Is... We either end up in the EEA or back in the EU. Like, depending well, on yeah. what is agreed. yeah. So it wouldn't be... Yeah, so in terms of left yeah. seat, I guess you'd like to see a sort of coalition between the S&P, Lib Dems, Labour, that yeah, kind of... Yeah. Okay, that's... So, nice, so yeah. Labour-led, left Because it might be that, cause... They, that the left agrees that we should honour Brexit, <coughs> but we won't fuck over the economy too much. Yeah, so it's yeah. the softest Brexit yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah, basically. So that ideally, that's what you'd like to see. Okay, that's yeah. interesting, Mark. So what I would like... Do you know what? That doesn't sound a bad idea. You might convince me that... Oh, there you go. So, Mark, you had an option. And, uh... well, well, no, so, so I think ideally, yes, I'd want a general election. And yes, I'd want... Um, I'd want there to... Any way to kick out the toys, I would want that. Uh, whether it's a left-wing coalition or a Labour majority, either which is yeah. favourable. Um, I think... I would like to then us to see negotiate the softest Brexit possible. But if that doesn't happen... Yeah, do you know what? It's funny enough, I think agree with the Labour's policy, then yeah, I would like to see a people's vote. I don't think a people's vote would be helpful now. I think I would then, in that desperate situation, would like to see a people's well, vote. Well, when there's but, not a general election. So, but, yeah, the options are... But, but the options would be the six options we all talked about okay. and a single transferable vote to get the preferred option. So whether it's EEA, whether it's Canada++, plus plus plus, uh, whether it's No Deal, the Theresa May's deal, or Remain in the EU. I'm not going to um, lie It'd be hilarious to see. Or Corbyn still has like, yeah. like a either a Labour majority or or a left wing coalition government have to negotiate a no deal Brexit. Oh. <laughs> Could you imagine if that became? <laughs> None of them want that. I know that's right. It'd just be like they put it forward, put it forward to the people, and it comes back as a no deal. They just be like, oh, this is hilarious. Yeah. But, but no, no, I'd only want a people's vote. If there wasn't the general, yeah, 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 right. So yeah, so so provided. So I think I'm with Joe on that, and Lee. I think we're all in agreement for that. What I think will happen is it will get voted down. Somehow there will be a general. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, it will be voted down. Theresa May will get disposed as prime minister. Who will take over? Uh, there, there will be, and there, uh, there could be a Jacob Rees-Mogg type. Prime Minister, if it's not Jacob Rees-Mogg, it'll be someone... It'll be Bojo. It'll be Boris Johnson um, as Prime Minister. And then what will happen then... Jacob Rees-Mogg as Chancellor. As, uh, oh, fuck. Oh, OK. Then what would happen? <laughs> but, then what would happen? But my then, balls just went back into my body, so... <laughs> wanking over him, mate. Like, um, no, uh, but, uh, but what would happen You can then, probably cut that bit out, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah please do. <laughs> but what, what would happen then... I hopefully Parliament. See, this is where I hope for. They'll, they'll either negotiate a no deal, they'll negotiate, they'll just go no deal, fuck off, or part. But then I don't think Parliament will stand for that. So I think Parliament will force a general election, 
Uh, and then it'll be Jacobson, Mog, Slash Boys Johnson going up against yeah, Labour and the other left and whatever. So that will happen and then there'll be another hung parliament and we'll be in the same situation we were before. And a hung parliament, who do you think will be the largest party then? I think... I actually don't know. And I think there's a very close... There's a very near possibility that both parties will have a very good case to form the government first. I think it'll be very close. Like, I think you... It would be something like 280 to 285 seats. Like I re- genuinely think it'll be that close because the country's that split at the moment. Yeah, I yeah. think Labour will gain. Uh, I think Tory will lose. Slightly lose. Slightly lose seats, but I think there'll be another hung parliament and I think we'll be back to square one. Um, honestly, that that is... That's as far as you can see. Yeah. That's as far as you can see and, and that is how much of a fuck-up we are as a country at the moment and that's how divided we are. Yeah. So what I want to happen is... Far from what a Labour government to negotiate a soft Brexit deal, but that's I don't think it's going to happen. And you're most likely what you think is going to happen is is what you just said. What I think is going to happen is going to be another hung parliament and we'll be back to square one. So, actually, I'm going to be fairly quick on this. I think Maisie will be voted down, and after that, I have no idea because. I'll say this quickly because I have no idea who's going to play Suze Marie. I don't think someone like Rhys Mogg or even Bojo will get enough MPs support for that. Gen- I, I, can I just say I don't think that will happen. Um, but I could only predict up to the vote. After that, I again, even if I won a general election, I have, I honestly could not predict because as Mark said before Brexit you could probably fairly predict things I personally couldn't so I'm just going to say up until the vote may still be vote sound and after that who knows it's a free for all okay. yes so what do you what do you think will happen what's your prediction so obviously May's deal is going to get voted down. Yeah. I think we'll that's, agree that's that. the one certain thing that's going to happen. I'll be fucking amazed if it's not. I'll be yeah. like, what does she do? I don't know <laughs> if you guys have seen but in the news Theresa May has called for a second vote in Parliament if it gets voted down the first time. Which sounds to me like, let's vote on it until you agree to vote it through. But anyway. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you do realise this is a democracy, okay? You, you can't just... People you know. reject your deal. Like, <laughs> all right, go again. <laughs> Don't just keep voting on a law until it goes through. <laughs> I'm trying it's to been... shove all this shit through the door, but it's not going in. You keep, but, guys keep blocking this, the shit. That's, that's already interesting to me, because I'm like, okay, she's getting authoritarian, which I didn't yeah. expect. Yeah. I did, I did, yeah. Um, she has it, though. <laughs> yeah. And um, that kind of skews a little bit, because I'm like, okay. But um, I think that, obviously, it's going to get voted down. Um, I don't know if we'll get to a second vote in Parliament because most likely she'll probably lose her leadership before it gets to a second vote Who do you think will replace her? Um, I mean, the most likely person to replace her is Boris Johnson. as He is the most popular person in the party at the moment, even more popular than Theresa May. Yeah. So... Yeah, Poland suggests that. Yeah, so he's the most likely person to replace her. So you, you think, so as far as you can predict... Uh, and then yeah. what would happen? So they'd, yeah. be, so they'd have a leadership election. You then have Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. <laughs> Obviously, because that's how our system works. Yeah. You don't have to have an election if you change no. the leader. No. Do you think he'll try to take on? No, but I think he'll be clever about it. So he'll come in in, I don't know, let's say January sometime. Yeah. And then he'll probably promise to hold an election in a... Um, 
to like clarify that you know he should be leader of the country, but it won't be immediately because he'll also probably say, "Oh, you know." Oh, do X you, amount of time. Do you think he'll push for a no deal and then hold a general election? Yes. Yeah, because he obviously hates May Deal. So, like, you said yeah, this to me the other day. Hold on, hold on, yeah. So, because he hates May Deal. Yeah, so, yeah. So, your prediction is, like, May Deal get voted down, Boris Johnson becomes PM. Promise to do a general election, but it will be... After. It'll and, be, and he won't set a date on it yet. He'll then say that he wants to basically negotiate his deal with the EU. Which is a no deal. Which will basically be a no deal. Yeah. He'll... Get that sorted. And then sometime in March, he'll call for a general election. And it'll probably be towards the end of March when the general election will be voted on. So then there'll be no one to be in power to get rid of Article 50 and then we'll just crash out of the EU while we have elected our leader. So do you think... Hold hold on, hold on. How did the election get voted in? Sorry? You said Boris Tories will come back with the... No, 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 no. no. I don't know who will come. I literally have no idea what will happen in terms of who... I, I think like you, it'll probably be too close to call but yeah. um, what I do think is that that will be if, if any pro Brexiteer gets into power because of Theresa May losing, losing her leadership yeah that is basically the, the the role that is I mean if I was pro Brexit that is exactly what I would do I'd be like fuck it hold on to power for as long as I need to Make, seal a no deal make sure that no one can get rid of it and call an election just before we leave so that basically whoever comes in has to deal with the no deal has to deal with it and that would change Corbyn's policy okay that's it yeah. I mean uh, but that, that sounds like it's kind of, that sounds like a dystopian kind of um, but hang on hang on Boris would never be able to get a no deal through parliament he doesn't need to because if he basically makes us he doesn't need to get it through. He just has to go negotiate with the EU and just go. He just like, basically has to tell the EU yeah. to fuck off. Yeah, and then he will never get it through. That you, that is true. But, but he could just crash out as prime minister. So yeah. Because Article Fifty finishes on the 29th. Yeah, whatever happens, he, if we haven't negotiated anything. Oh, he would be a bastard to do that, but he would do it. Yeah. Oh my god! Do you know what? <laughs> That's the point. That's, that he'll get his no deal because we'll leave with no deal. We'll crash out. There'll be a general election. And who the fuck knows after that? That yeah. is your... Yeah. Wow, that's a bold prediction. That is... Like, you know what? I don't... Because, okay, what I said would happen would be a general election of the whole parliament. I... Yeah, so, so I will be back to square one. I actually... I could see Joel's prediction now happening, actually. I might revise my... <laughs> no, no, because actually, that would... This is why the Brexiteers are plotting to overthrow May. Yeah. And they knew it wasn't going to happen straight away, so they could continue to do that. Yeah. Um, They're basically waiting for her to come up with this crap deal that no one would want, so then it would never get voted through, so then they could say that she's well, a weak leader and that she can't lead the party and therefore she can't lead the country. Mm. And that's why they election, didn't get the signatures. Uh, so we should have a leadership election, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I... I mean, I think that's a very interesting prediction, but where I just guess I would disagree is that Boris would need the majority of MPs, of Tory MPs, on his side in order to win the leadership election. That is true. But let's and be honest, if, it, if it's him... Or and who else would stand? This is the thing. Well, Dominic get Vab pro- would stand, and he's a moderate Brexiteer. But so then would you get a pro-Remain Tory as well standing? Yeah. Imagine a pro-Remain Tory would stand. Yeah. But... I don't think that they would end up being leader. Because also... the Tor- So Boris will probably get the most votes and he'll still be you, not that popular. But do you, know, yeah. do you know why he'll get the most votes? Because if Tories 
even with moderate Tories, right? Do you know, the one thing Tories like, even moderate Tories, like more than their principles is power. They'll do yeah. anything to stay in power. I mean, maybe we'll end up with David Cameron again. And then he'll actually, then we'll actually obviously get rid of Article 50. But you know what? He doesn't have to be an MP to be Prime Minister. Did you know that, basically, uh, in order to be Prime Minister, you need to either be an MP or be a member of the House of Lords? Now, David Cameron could just get appointed to the House of Lords. And he has said he wants to return to British politics. I don't know. I mean, that that is a very kind of, like... I I, I could see Boris... If if David Cameron actually returned as leader of the Conservatives as well... Yeah. ...and became Prime Minister again, the one thing I could say for certain is that he would definitely be like, right... First thing I'm doing as leader of the Conservative Party and leader of the country is to remove Article 50. We're not leaving the we're not leaving the EU. No, bet you he would do it because he's probably like, no, yeah. would actually would say there is no time to negotiate a proper deal. Therefore, yeah. we have to. Stay. I mean, I mean that's very. I mean that's the thing. Would because May would have to Kevin make it. May, May, May was too have, scared to even negotiate. Yeah. So what makes you think you'd come back and just go? No, we're staying in. Well, I mean, you. okay. I think this, I, can I just before we get too sidetracked? I think I think this is actually a very far fetched scenario because Theresa May oh, is not oh, going to make. Yeah. yeah. Like Theresa May isn't going to make because the end of the day she has to make. She can appoint lords basically. Yeah. And there's no way she'd make Cameron a lord because if he wants to come back and become a lord, she will very much go. Hold on, what the hell is going on here? I know he's ambitious. What is going on here? Yeah. I'm not going to. So she could just. Yeah. He might approach her and say, "Yeah, I'd like to be a lord." But anyway, so we've said our predictions. We said what we think yeah. will happen. I um, think we've done Brexit to death. We've done Brexit to death. UK politics to death. I will not, not not quite. I mean, I, I just want to briefly. Yeah, no, no. I was going to say go on to the um the far right. Chip. Yeah, yeah. The refugee attack. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, just to sum up, there was this. Um, I think it's a school up north somewhere. I forgot where it was, but there was a refugee boy that was attacked um, just because he was a refugee. Um, that it was that simple. This guy, this thug, just attacked him. He got expelled for it, and then. Do you know what's ironic? Yeah, that guy's fled the country and his family. Has yeah, fled the yeah, that's the thing. He's been expelled and now fled the. I know irony, the irony. <laughs> but anyway, but what was even more fucked up about this situation is that so Tommy Robinson, who uh, people may know as the former leader of the English Defence League, is a far right fascist that spreads hate in this country. He basically so said... So you don't have a bias opinion towards him, do you? No, no, but he is a fascist. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, if there's Tommy Robinson listeners, and so Tommy Robinson fans listen to this, fuck you, he's a fascist. That's how it is. So anyway... Someone will probably agree with you and be like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Oh, I just don't... Some of them will just say, yeah, Zeke how, you know? <laughs> Well, hold on, they won't know German. Come on, they're not going to know foreign language. They're British fascists. You're actually be really surprised. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People I, that are very pro yeah, fascist yeah. are actually pro Hitler. And, and then therefore will be bit bilingual, do, yeah. Do you speak German? Yeah. Okay, so. so <laughs> all right. Okay, we're getting a bit sidetracked. I'm just here. saying, you're yeah. really surprised. Tommy Robinson. So, Tommy Robinson, what he's said about this, of course, is basically saying that, um, oh, yeah, the refugee is part of a gang. And that he's a refugee, he's an extremist. He had literally no evidence for this. Bear in mind, so what he did was get a story about another refugee who was part of the gang. And basically... Interlink them. Interlink them and go, well, that's... And then, literally, the family came out and went, actually, that's a lie, we're going to sue you. And then Tommy Robinson admitted he lied and went, yeah... 
yeah, I lied. And he just, like, that was it. And it was really fucking weird. But he just said, well, you know, it's just these refugees anyway. I'll just... But he doubled down. He admitted he lied, but he doubled down. He defended it, going, well, you know, it just shows how much of a threat, you know, these refugees pose and blah, blah, blah. He doubled down. Even though he's basically admitted to lying, he, he, he essentially said, well, you know, I just pointed out that, you know, refugees, you know, people feel sorry for them, but actually, you know, a lot of them are extremists anyway. And what is kind of frightening about all this is that actually there's been quite a lot... So, a few years ago we had the EDL marching regularly and then they quieted down after he left as leader then they sort of came to organise and quieted down now uh, next week the, on, on the 9th of December there's actually going to be a pro what well, it, it's under the form of a pro-Brexit uh, march and essentially it's going to be a load of far-right fascists that are Tommy Robinson supporters marching and there's going to be a counter one to that um, fascists versus anti-fascists but they've held it under the guise of a of a pro Brexit um, march, even though it isn't. It's got. It's basically they want to big up Tommy Robinson essentially. But anyway, yeah. So this whole thing. It, I mean, uh, the, the, underlying all of Brexit is kind of then since Brexit, there's been this really nasty rise of the far right in the UK. And, and okay, so I think what's very important to point out: we're not saying anyone who voted Brexit. And this has, what, so, so sorry, can I just say has these far right views? But there is a, a very loud vocal minority of far right people, of far right movements in this country that was just using Brexit as an excuse to start shit. Yeah, and exactly. That's why actually them using this whole "it's a pro Brexit march," given the people that organise it, and the people that yeah. said they'll go. It clearly's got fuck all to do with Brexit. It's just about promoting their views. But yeah, I just thought I'd need to put that yeah, out. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's disgraceful. And hopefully, the, the thug who did it will be prosecuted. Police but, said they're looking into it. Um, and actually, it, it, so actually, it moves on nicely to our next segment. But before I mention the next segment, so that actually leads me on to what Tommy Robinson has done recently, which would you know, transition to the next segment. So Tommy Robson has been appointed by uh, UKIP as uh, a special advisor on paedophile rape gangs and prison reform. And uh, Tommy Robson has had his fair share of time in prison. Um, anyway, he's been appointed by UKIP leader Gerard Batten. Uh, and so what we're going to do now, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is called... Ooh, one second. Uh, cool, cool. Fake news. So fake, fake news. What was that say? Yeah, one more time. One more time. One more time. Fake news. So fake news is a segment we do on the podcast. Uh, we basically pick uh, famous politicians, celebrities, whoever, people in the news, and we pick apart. Uh, and someone reads quotes from them, and there's two people that have to guess whether fo- quotes are. True or false, sorry, and, it, yeah. and if they're sorry, and if they're true, um, it's th- it's. I beat China all the time. And if the quotes are false, it's. It doesn't exist, folks. Okay, so and so, as I said, this week we'll be focusing on UKIP leader Gerard Batten. Yeah, and yes, so, so, so UKIP being uh, for, for international listeners, UKIP being uh, a far right political party in the UK that actually had a lot of influence over Brexit happening. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so, right, so it's Lee versus Joel, and I will be reading out the quotes. Okay, we should esteem our own values of freedom, free speech, and liberal secular democracy, and start defending them. Okay, can I go first? Yeah, well, 
Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, so yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, so I think that's um, true. Yeah, because I think our own values, the fact he says our own values means he basically doesn't like foreign values or whatever. That that I think it's true, anyway. Joel? Uh, true, I've got no idea. Okay, so... I beat China all the time. Yes, it was true, he did say that. Um, the full quote, and this is why I didn't give you the full quote, because you would have guessed it. The full, well, I mean, you guessed it anyway, but the full quote was, successive governments have refused to accept the threat posed to our society by Islamic fundamentalism and extremism and to take the necessary measures to meet it head on. We should esteem our own values of freedom, free speech, liberal, secular democracy, and start defending them. Okay, so yeah, there's that. Okay, second quote. Freedom cannot be expected to tolerate that which would destroy it. Freedom cannot be expected to tolerate that which destroy it. Um, I'm going to say true. Yeah, Lee? I'm going to say true as well. I beat China all it the time. It was true. Oh, none of you wanted to take this there. So, well, it, it seemed quite likely that you probably yeah, said it, or at least yeah, someone yeah. else said it and had similar views to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Third quote. Third quote. Still tired. Islamic <laughs> preachers should be prosecuted for hate crime. Says my guy, yeah. Um, Islamic preachers should be prosecuted for hate crime. I'm going to say that's actually false because UKIP actually... I believe one of their policies is to get rid of uh, hate crime as a thing. So, um, God, I'll probably just... Uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know, yeah. So I think it's false, but I've probably given Joel a big hint there, so yeah. Um, I mean, the only reason why I was going to go false is because the last two have been true. Yeah. So I was thinking, just, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, prob- it's, prob- it's probably, like, he's probably picked someone else that said something. Yeah. You know, uh... What are you going to go for? Oh, fuck it, I'm going to go true. Just, oh. Just, just to be different. Just to be different. Fake news. What? I don't, hold on, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I've got it, I was like... He's like, what? I don't... China all no. the time. Fake news. <laughs> Which is it? Which is it? No, I'm joking, it's fake news. It was, it wasn't uh, him who said that. You made it up, didn't you? Um, it was, yeah, to quote, it would be Mark Buckwood. Me. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't actually believe that, but... <laughs> yeah, sure you don't. But you easily came up with that. Yeah, yeah so sorry, maybe I don't have that out. I don't really want to give my full name on a podcast. I just realised that. Um, uh, I'm probably Anyway, um, yeah, so, so, that Mark, was, uh, <laughs> so that was false. That was the third quote. Lee's winning 1 0. Um, okay, so f- the real issue for those wishing to remain free is not an argument about headdress, but a threat posed to our freedoms and our way of life by a minority of people and how the state chooses to deal with it. Can you repeat that, please? The real issue for those wishing to remain free is not an argument about headdress, but the threat posed to our freedoms and our way of life by a minority of people, and how the state chooses to deal with it. Joel? Uh, false. Yeah, what do you think that? No idea. <laughs> you literally just guessed it. Um, fair enough, well, that's, that's the aim of this game. Um, I'm going to say that's true. 
because it's an anti... Uh, that's sort of an anti-hijab, anti-burqa rant. I mean, yeah, I'm, I've got no idea. No. Because I'm just like, no, maybe you said it, maybe someone else said it. But yeah, you're going to yeah. go false. Yeah. And I'm going to go, true, ah, this is makes it interesting. Oh, you and eight. I beat China all the time. Well done, Lee. So I think basically you've won. Do you want to hear the fifth quote anyway? Yeah. yeah. You get a consolation. Yeah, so now. Lee's win 2-0, but... Um, There's only one more quote left, so... Okay, so... Terrorism cannot exist without Islam. Hold on, who's... So it's my go first. Terrorism cannot exist without Islam. Oh, oh that sounds like something really, that you keep would say, but I think that's too easy. I don't know. Oh, God, actually, that's quite a hard one. Terrorism cannot exist without Islam. That is something it sounds like he would say, but I've never heard it. I'm just going to say false on that one, so... Joel? I'm also going to say false, because I'm like... If they've said that, then fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, he said some dark shit, mate. I'm not going to lie. Um, so, what's the okay, verdict? Okay, so what's the verdict? Yeah, you're right. Fake news. I yeah, made, I was going to say. I made it up. You made it up again. <laughs> really expressing your own views there, Mark. Yeah, like, I, um, I will make it clear I hold none of those views. I was just trying to represent what, no, I, think, but what I think Gerard Batten would That's why that one, last one was quite hard, actually, because I thought... He could have said that, you know, that's... <laughs> no, because the reason why I think, like, he probably wouldn't have said that is because he also probably thinks other religions could also be terrorists. Yeah, yeah, maybe. The uh, thing he said about secular democracy, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Good logic, good logic there, I like that. But, yeah, that was uh, Joe Batten. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of UKIP, very foreign-sounded name for uh, a far-right leader. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, um, shall we go on to our next... What do we talk about next? World news, Paris. Paris. So, Joel, you know quite a bit about this, because this happened today, yesterday. Well, no, no, hold on, it's been hap- the protests have been happening. I mean, the protests have been happening for a while, but I think the um, sort of riots happened were yesterday. Mm. So, okay. do you want to explain the context behind what's going on? And... So, currently in France, they're having protests, predominantly in Paris, about fuel price increases. Um... The general consensus in the public is, at least for the majority of people, is that basically um, it's making the cost of fuel very expensive. And um, although there might be options in the cities, if you go to the rural areas, there aren't very many options in ways to get around. So you're basically penalising people that live in rural areas. Yeah. Um, Which is probably a fair fair Mm. point. But you said Um, it's led to riots as well. Yeah, and this has led to riots. Um where, like, people from France, all over France, have gone into the city of Paris. I think there was, like, something like 300,000 people marching. Wow. Wow. But... They know how to protest, don't they? They were, it, they were, they were like, sensible people. Like, the majority of them were probably, like, you know, sensible, level-headed people, but you had extremists on both sides, from the left and the right. They were also there. On the march. Causing used, most of the violence. They used that as an opportunity, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, were those people from the left and right, were they protesting against the thing? Or were they just you, were they just sort of using it? They were it, protesting, yeah. apparently, against the thing, but they were also, I think, used using it. Opportunist. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, but, but this this whole, co- like, so petrol prices have gone up, but uh, it, it's what's called a green tax, isn't it? That yeah, President yeah, so Macron's trying to bring it in. Yeah. So Macron introduced a green tax on petrol and diesel, um, the tax is higher on diesel than it is on petrol, but obviously that's because diesel is more polluting than petrol. Yeah. Um, What's cheaper, diesel or petrol? 
Now, that, that's the thing. In Europe, diesel was made cheaper than petrol. Even though it's more polluting. Because originally... Originally, um, everyone was only looking at carbon dioxide emissions rather than all emissions. And from a carbon dioxide point of view, diesel produces less CO2 than petrol does. But what, what does it produce that makes it more polluted? It's all the nitrous dioxide... Monoxide. Carbon monoxide? Um, the particulates. Right. All the things that cause, like, air pollution and are bad for your lungs. So, in response to all, like... So, just go back to the process for a minute. Like, I mean, because the, the Mehmet sort of policy actually sound like... You know, I get why he's trying to do it. But, like, has he, like, responded by kind of saying he'll row back on this or is he kind of doubled down? He said that he will not get rid of the green tax on fuel. So as this passed in the French Parliament? Yeah, passed, yeah. Oh, okay. So they're not like, they're not protesting to try and stop it passing in Parliament. They're they're essentially protesting after it's been passed. They're protesting to to get 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 rid of it. So when did it pass? I think earlier this year. So earlier this year when it was in Parliament were there protests about it? No. Well, that's interesting. So, 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 The thing about... There's only been protests about it when people realised, I think, that it's actually going to cost more than they thought it would. Right, because they didn't realise at the time, but, you know, when they were debating it... So, so obviously, (coughs) when you debate policy, you get through Parliament, and then the details come out. But the thing is, the reason they can protest after it, even if the law is passed, the history of France... They're very, their protests are very effective and actually governments do listen to them a lot of the time and that's why, that's why you get so many large numbers of people protesting all the time in France because actually, I mean, Macron's trying to row back on workers' rights but France are very strong workers' rights and they're very sort of strong people-powered led movements so if, if French people don't like something, they protest and the governments tend to listen because they're afraid of an uprising. Yeah, because uh, friends when they protest, they know how to. And do. bear in mind, they yeah. If people want yeah. to actually know what actually happens. Yeah, yeah, gone. <clears throat> they burn a hun- over 190 different vehicles. These vehicles are not government vehicles, by the way. They were just on the roads as they were walking past them, so they burnt people's cars. So people that weren't even bikes. involved in any yeah, of this. Yeah. Sounds um, like London riots. They they burnt six like. Stores, I think, and they also did. Some people did break into stores and steal things as well. Okay, so what I want to know though, before, how did the police initially respond to the protest? I haven't seen anything about that. Um, the impression I'm getting is that I don't think they were even really there, but I mean, it, I, actually, it, what I've heard about the initial protest that police uh, threw tear gas at people. Like, that's genuinely what I meant, because that's the thing, I didn't, see, I I knew that the protests were happening, I'd read about the protests happening, but I hadn't seen anything about the riots, but I know that from the initial protests, like, when people were really marching in Paris, like, loads of them, as you say, like, thousands of yeah. them, but from what I read, the police actually did fire tear gas to and, try and, 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 so, so, and so this is the thing, this, the reason I asked that, I'm not saying those people should have set cars on fire, however... Sometimes people can be provoked. I will give you an example of this. I went on a student protest in the UK when um, 
when they were rising tuition fees, you know, trebling them, right, in the UK. And what had happened is the police had agreed to let us march on Parliament Square. Then when we got there, the police had basically cut us off from Parliament Square, kettled us, surrounded us, and left an unattended riot van in the centre of this kettle. Now, you keep people for hours caged without any given reason... What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that... I, 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 but, no, no, yeah. but I'm just giving that as an example of... Yeah, shit happens at protests and riots. But more often than not, police will deploy tactics so that people are maybe provoked to do something and therefore they, therefore the police have an excuse to use force. Um, so, I mean, that that's... Or uh, use an excuse to stop the protest. Go, no, you're too violent, we're going to arrest a lot of you. So, I, t- I just think, um, I'm not saying they were right to burn the cars, they were not. No. But what I'm saying is, there's often two sides to every story, and people can be provoked. And in those situations... If it's they- F.I. and tear gas them, I guess, maybe they go, hold on, we're trying to protest peacefully, and you're not... And some of them have just gone, F it, you know. Uh, but it's interesting, so obviously Macron's uh, government passes, and his, and his party passes in Parliament... What the opposition parties in France? What have they been like? This did they vote for this with him, or did no? They didn't. No. So did they? Did any of them join the protests themselves? So apparently, up until the thing was voted through, so I was reading an article about this. Up until it was voted through, um, they were all, all of the opposition parties were completely against this. Even the Greens. Apparently, like, all, all the major opera Oh, major. Parties. Obviously, Greens, I don't know how many um, yeah. MPs have. So, like... We're against this policy. Yeah. And then... Um, and then they were on, I think, like, the early protests, some of them. Yeah. Not the one that, that happened necessarily, that happened last, last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, and... Macron has actually, like, blamed what's happened on them. It's like, you've encouraged people to do this. Oh. Um, and, I mean... That's a difficult thing to say, really, whether or not it's been encouraged or not, because... I mean, I, I can imagine, like, so, you know, because you said there was people on the, like, the far right and the far left yeah. there. I can imagine, uh, you know, those sort of, um, you know, a far right, say, like, um, the, the Front National front. I can yeah. imagine them, kind of, um, encouraging violence, but whether, sort of, like, I don't know, centre-right parties, centre-left parties... I mean, even, like, I know there's there are far left, there is a far left party in France, but whether they, I don't know much about them, because is that Melanchon stood for them? Yeah. Um, but I don't know whether his party would have uh, been kind of violent, so I don't know much about them, but I can imagine that uh, Le Pen's party, people with Le Pen, uh, Marie Le Pen's party, I can imagine they absolutely would encourage violence, but most of the parties, I don't know if they would. And, and I think the thing is, the thing about Macron, right, he he got in. He Obviously, he beat the pen and everyone thought it was great yeah. and everything. But I noticed how dismissive 
um, he has been when 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 he's tried to push through controversial policies, like he tried to like I think he's he's still ongoing. He's still trying to like sell off France's trains, basically. Okay, but I, uh, can, can I just say uh, I just want to give context about Macron about the way he's dealt with opposition to his policies. He's been very very dismissive and very much like no, there's a step. There's this kind of like, no, I'm going to push through these, no matter what. It, it feels like he's trying to be a kind of Margaret Thatcher type figure, to go, no matter how uh, unpopular my policies are, I'm going to push you through anywhere. And some people might call that conviction, but if you've got so many people against the policy, like to the point where it leads to shit like this, I'm not saying you should give in to fear of violence or anything, but you should kind of go, hold on, if it's caused this much anger, and bear in mind, France is also going through austerity as well. So he's cut a lot. Is it's cut a lot of public spending. So therefore, people's wages are stagnant, and if prices are going up and their wages are, yeah, that's exactly the point I was going to make. And yeah. I'd also point out, I remember, a member of the public one time questioned one of his policies when he was walking out and about, and he was so rude to that person as well. So um, I'm not saying again there was an excuse I, for these yeah. things to happen, but again, as as Lee said, there's a number of different circumstances that could. Um, leaders. I mean, in all fairness, Lee, whatever president there's been in France, again, French people are known for protesting. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, oh. no, no, that's they, true. That's they, true. They are, when they've had a socialist president, they still protest. Oh, no, but, but uh, yeah, but, but I mean, I guess my point was... They still protest about similar things. I mean, it probably hasn't been as bad. No. But I'm pretty sure under... I can't remember uh, Holland, the yeah. Holland. They protested no, no, I imagine, the but rise I'm, of full protest fuel prices before. Yeah, but I actually, I think that's where Hollande, even though Hollande's policies, politics were slightly different to Macron, I think there's an arrogance amongst French politicians in general. He had a very kind of, you know, I know best thing yeah. as well, like, like Macron did, a very kind of arrogant kind of... But then of, I, I would put it on the flip side and the French people think they know best. So yeah, maybe, maybe France has a general problem with arrogance. I mean, I don't... So what, all French people are arrogant? No, 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 this no, is xenophobic, no, no, isn't it? No, no. no. Actually, I was going to say, I was going to say... Did you see how I twisted that? I was going to say, I don't want to generalise about French people. But they're all arrogant pricks. That's That was really bad. That was very bad. That was really bad. Whoa, we've been just talking about you, Kip, and all of a sudden you're mocking French. French people, like, <laughs> no, but we know like, which party he's going to be. High five. Uh, <laughs> no, Lee. No, no. Just stop. Um, no. And, but, okay, get back to the series. It seems that, yeah, actually, it feels like the people protest again, think they know best, and then Macron thinks he knows best. It's this kind of step forward yeah. to not see the nuance in. I just, I, I just think he uses this green tax to build more affordable electric cars because the idea the idea is good because obviously the Paris climate agreement yeah. like if Paris didn't do anything about it you know what I mean, it's I mean like, at the end of the day at some point in time some government hopefully soon will introduce a a carbon tax it needs to a fuel tax is kind of like the beginning of a carbon so, tax so what, what does a carbon tax what does that who does that tax anyone uh, who drives it will, carbon a carbon tax would basically tax um, businesses on their carbon emissions. Yeah, it would tax. I imagine ordinary people on their carbon. fuel. Yeah, because also does it uh, encompass um, like a, a wide lot, range? Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I, and I think absolutely. I, I do agree with the. I said I agree with the sentiment. What is really trying to cut pollution? Yeah. Pollution is a massive thing. Yeah. But I think given how his other policies have made people poorer, you can see why people go, shit, um, but my wages aren't rising, therefore, so I think if he, if politicians and governments are to kind of 
you know, have to discourage people to use less polluted yeah. vehicles, then they're going to have to do it in a way that doesn't screw over ordinary people too much. And it's a hard balance to that. Believe me, I'm not saying it's easy. And, uh, and this is, again, where I hope there can be this investment in, say, other electric cars or more affordable public transport and better access. Yeah. Especially in the rural areas. Yeah, especially, France, yeah. I say, especially in rural areas of France. As you said, Joel, um, they're, they're now sort of, they're cut off from those things. Yeah. And so I really hope he uses this to invest in affordable, um, well, I mean, yeah, affordable technology. Affordable electric cars. But if he wants to do something uh, quicker that is still better for the environment but maybe not as good as electric cars would be just to say like... Make public transport um, cheaper. Well, yeah, but well, the problem is you can't really necessarily roll out to some of the most remote areas. Because there's so, not public transport. Because it's just too yeah. expensive to build a train that goes to one town that only has 100 people there, basically. It just, so yeah. it's, 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 it's not, what is the thing that you think um, you should do, yeah? Uh, basically, the government should allow people to... Like, they, should, they should have a... They should have, like, biofuel, and it should be across the whole of the country. So what is biofuel, exactly? It's basically... Diesel, but produced as fifteen percent diesel normally, and like eighty-five percent from plant plants. Based. It's plant-based. Yeah, is it we, like we, clean coal? <laughs> so it's it's no, a it's lot. Not. It's actually it's a lot cleaner. Of this policy. Yeah, it's a, it's, biofuel. Yeah. It's a lot cleaner than um, than normal fuels. Did yeah. so do any countries like use this then? Like I think the UK it? does, but not a lot. It's in it's, it's certain cars. Well. Any car can be converted to use it. Oh, right, so hold on, when but you're at the petrol station, the, yeah, every there... petrol station has oh, it. Right, okay. But yeah. another thing you could do, you can cause people again. This is where affordability give give. I think it costs about thousand get... pounds to convert a car to use biofuel. So right, okay. My but thought I... would be that basically yeah. he should basically have some kind of government scheme that basically says we will pay to convert your car to use the cheaper alternative, and the, and the yeah. carbon tax will pay for that. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, 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 basically. But, uh, and also I mean, what has he said it would pay for, yeah? Uh, well, at the moment he just said that it'll be used to pay for, like, green energy, but that's Which kind is of very so vague. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, yeah, so that, that, that's probably what he's trying to figure out, though. He's probably heard their concerns and gone, they're really pissed off that I'm making everything more expensive, so here's what I can do to remedy that. But I also think as well, given businesses who, again, say, build electric cars or even hybrid cars, give those businesses tax breaks so that they can then build more affordable cars and things like that. Yeah. So there is lots of things you can do, so I think that's what needs to happen. But, yeah, it's certainly... I would say it's concerning, but, but like, this is what this is how often the French public respond. Mm. And more often than not, they, they, get, their, they get their voices heard. Yeah. So hopefully this will... I mean, I know there was a lot of negative aspects of this. Um, yeah. Right, actually, I heard... Well, I said, right, sorry, protest. I actually heard that during this protest, um, outside of Macron's office, or outside the French Parliament, uh, someone lobbed a, a bag of shit into the window, <laughs> which, I just, which I just thought, oh, biodegradable, isn't it? <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, is it? it comes from the human body, Lee. Well, assuming that it's not in a plastic bag. 
Oh, assuming so. Uh, yeah. Or assuming that the human hasn't consumed a lot of plastic. <laughs> well, actually, we do consume yeah, plastic. I was going to say, that is something you have no control over. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, you might do. You might just like eat plastic. Yeah. But actually, so just obviously, this is um, going off a little bit of sidetrack, but one of the ways the French protesters it really effectively is actually the way they go on strike. Uh, way train drivers in France go on strike. They, they open the barriers. They, they, they open they, the barriers yeah. and allow people just to go through. Which they, 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 yeah, yeah, they, well, yeah, so yeah. Well, they do that. So therefore, the the French train companies don't make the money. But what happens is people still go on their journeys anyway. They still work, but their their strike is to basically allow people on the trains for free. Uh, but yeah, which so is, that why, was a bit of a which side, is yeah. why I think the British. But, but yeah, that's a bit of a side note. But it's just like it, talk about the way French protests. But yeah, we'll see what happens with this. But yeah, yeah, we will so, see. Yeah. I just want to add two more things. To that which basically is yeah. one, uh, Macron has basically said that um, due to what's happened, and he and he was seen like walking through the aftermath of what happened last yeah. night yeah. and it does look pretty like, bad yeah I'm not going to lie like, it looks a quiet. lot of shit got burnt yeah a lot of shit literal <laughs> sometimes they even burnt <laughs> parts of the Arc de Triomphe the what what's the Arc de Triomphe it's like a famous like what? site in France I, I I don't know everything it's part of it. culture it's part, it's part, it's part, just cultural friends people have a good it's part of their history <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it represents in their history but it's part of their history um, it's not like the xenophobe here doesn't understand so he said because of because of what's happened he said that France is now on high alert this is a state of national security oh that's what I mean that's, um, yeah no he's, he's clamping oh, down like, yeah it's becoming more authoritarian. Interestingly, most of the French public actually now don't want him to be president anymore. No shit. Well, I mean, hold on. So when he beat the pen, right, um, was, the, was it quite a bit of a landslide? Or? He did beat it by quite a bit. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. end it was. In the, when, but, but he has become when they, more when they, more... Took in, when they took into account preferential votes... Yeah. He beat it by like twenty percent or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But now he's just like like Holland. He's quickly become unpopular because Holland did actually quite well when he when he first got elected. But then he quickly became unpopular. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah. that's, that's, that's my final notes points on that. Anyway, but other world news. Other world news. The G twenty. The G twenty. Oh, um, hold on. Sorry. Um, I was saying because we were talking about climate change. Can I? Talk about the Australia Swedish thing. Well, actually, we're going to be D20. Well, technically, we were talking about air pollution uh, and okay. fuel. But, yeah. Uh, okay, so. Well, let's just talk about G20 first and then we'll move on to. We will okay. get to that. So. I'm just saying because it was linked, that's all. Sorry, I didn't. I mean, it's all linked, really, because we're talking about France. They're part of the G20. Oh, God. No, I, can't. <laughs> no, I didn't know. Lee, you've been outruled. You know, you've been outvoted. There can't be a second referendum. Oh, no, hold on. Can we do preferential votes? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, actually, to, me. Sorry. Yeah. Who wants to vote for Joel's option? Me and Joel. Who wants to vote for Lee's option? Lee. <laughs> so, 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 single preferential <laughs> vote would mean. Okay, what's the second option? Actually, your first preference is me and Joel's. Second is Lee's. So, the first preference, me and Joel's. Second preference, me and Joel's. And that's yeah. same for Joel. Yeah. So you've lost even that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Democracy, Lee. <laughs> G- G20. Yeah. Right, first of all, what can we talk What's about? What's happened at G20? What have they talked about? Well, Trump doesn't want to talk to Putin. Great. Because, well, that's a bitch. Which, which is unlike <laughs> Trump, because he normally loves talking to Putin. 
Well, dude, it's, the only, it's the only person that he talks to normally at the G20 because obviously mm. no one else likes him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, fascist fucking fascist, you know. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I mean, they, Trump, been, Trump is just sick of us and pissing on it. I think like, the general things that we go on at the G20 are global warming, because that's a major concern. Except for Trump. He doesn't give a shit about it. <laughs> Plastic waste. Yeah. And then probably, I would imagine, the general world climate. <clears throat> Yeah, because which is, that is something that they would talk about. Uh, Brexit come up? No, no. Apparently, <laughs> Theresa May hasn't mentioned it. And Elephant in the room. Yeah, she's been trying to talk about other stuff. And so, guys, and uh, no one else has brought it up apparently either. But I find it interesting because I'm sure everyone's fully aware like what's currently going on in the UK. So, like, let's just not even bother talking to her at the moment. Nah, <laughs> but it's interesting before the t- ah before the T twenty thing, she was interviewed. About whether she's going to talk to to Saudi prince, you know, about that Saudi journalist that basically yeah. got butchered, uh, cut into pieces. They were like, "Are you going to confront him about that?" Yes, I have that sort of good relationship with him that I can be honest and frank with him. What are you going to say to him? Because are you going to push for inquiry or sanctions into Saudi Arabia? You know, because it there's a lot of evidence suggesting it was him. She said, "Well, I can." And talk about my displeasure. It's like seriously, Teresa. Yeah, yeah, don't chop up bodies of journalists. Okay, like what the fuck? Like I had that sort of relationship where I can be honest and frank with him. No, you can't. Like, honest and frank. Honest and frank. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway well, so, hold on. So, Panto, another thing that's just come out of the G's. What did China and Argentina sign currency swap deal? I don't know what the fuck that means, but. Okay, what? so like who and who? Uh, China, China and Argentina. Because honestly, I haven't been paid attention to G twenty, so I'm literally looking shit up now. So, um, so I think one of the other things happening as well is like obviously yeah. China is fast becoming potentially the biggest economy in the world, and also the new kind of like world leader. Um, obviously, because America is technically currently the world leader, but with, Probably, yeah. with Trump at the helm, they don't, they don't they don't do much leading. No. Um, yeah, one of the other things I think is coming from G20 is the fact that a lot of countries are now starting to talk to China a lot more because they're trying to obviously negotiate stuff with them where they're kind of like, we want to hold you to account for human rights, but at the same time, because you have the second largest economy in the world, we also kind of need you to trade with us. Yeah. Um, so it's actually US and China, did you say? No, just the rest of... The rest of the world. Um, actually, interested about US China, again, looking up something here. So apparently they've um, halted, they're going to halt new trade tariffs for 90 days to allow talks to continue, the US have said. So actually, they're suspending, you know, because Trump was going to introduce oh, tariffs to, 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 to screw China. And, um, but yeah, apparently they're going to suspend trade tariffs for 90 days. So... Yeah, China and America obviously are trying to talk about trade yeah. tariffs. <laughs> yeah, but, and then this idea, sorry, going back to the fake news segment, I beat China all the time. It's not the case at the moment with Trump, isn't it? It's like, no. I'm losing to China. All I'm the getting time. screwed by China all the time. In all fairness, he tried to screw them, they went, nah. Well, not only that, like, he's, I think, imposed something like $250 billion worth of um, tariffs or like tariffs on over $250 billion of trade between China and America. So anything coming from China coming to America, there's tariffs on it. China's basically screwed. No, yeah, sorry, it'll be the other way around. Anything coming 
from America to China. Whatever it is. I can't remember which way it goes around now. But anyway. Like, basically, East put tariffs on that. And then China have done the opposite. What China have done is they specifically targeted American states that voted for Trump. So they only put tariffs. No, really? So they... On stuff that would affect the people that voted for him. What? The, that's a bit... That's super clever, though. And also, because the US is actually not such a federalised country... Yeah, I know. They can do that. Yeah. states have quite a lot of power. Yeah. Fuck, that is clever. So fucking clever. So how has Trump responded? He said that, um, like, you know, China's um, basically trying to um, sort of, like, mess with elections. And I'm like... This wouldn't even be happening if you didn't start it in the first place. So, talk about, yeah, again, why sort of uh, Trump and Putin aren't talking. Did we talk about that? Yeah, so the reason why Trump and Putin aren't talking is because of what's happened with Ukraine recently. Yeah. So, the Ukraine had three boats, which I think, I'm just going to double-check this before I start saying things that aren't technically true. Fake news. Fake news. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so probably other that. Western leaders confronted Putin over this as well. It wasn't yeah. just Trump, so... Uh, did Theresa May, or did, it, did, uh, has she found the backbone? Trump didn't confront Putin over this, by the way. He just ignored it. No, no, just said Western leaders confronted Mr. Yeah, Putin. Yeah, but Trump isn't part of it. No, of course he, not. He, he, he um, has openly come out and said that he will not be speaking to Putin about this. Yeah. His stance is, I'm going to ignore it. La, 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 la. Yeah, it is the Black Sea. So basically, basically, the Ukraine had some boats in the Black Sea because they were out there fishing or something or whatever it was that they were doing. But the fact is, is that they have rights to go in the Black Sea and it was around sort of near where Crimea is, which technically used to be their land and should yeah. still, still technically be their land. It's so fucked And because up. it was near there, Russia were like, you're too close to us. So they basically, like, hijacked their boats um, took control of them and have taken them God knows where. And in response to that... Ukraine have basically across their border put an army fleet... anything that's got a border against Russia, they put their entire army across Good. it. Good. Because also... It sounds like Russia is slowly trying to invade Ukraine, but they do this so they try to be subtle yeah. about it, but it's really not subtle because obviously what happened in Crimea and the things people think that died down, but Crimea is pretty much Russia controlled at the moment. No, it's basically part of Russia now. Yeah, and, and but things Russia have done that so slowly under the nose of everybody, but like yeah, Western leaders are going to talk to. Russia about that, but I mean, have have other countries imposed sanctions on Russia to do because of Ukraine? I don't like, think so. Ha- so, but why not? Because this is this is essentially another cold war. I think the EU has been pretty strong in Russia over the Ukraine. The EU has been strong in terms of words. Our words, yeah, or yeah, words all words, but not yeah. No, but the, the, the problem that we have is we cannot sanction Russia because they provide, I think, something like sixty to seventy percent of our natural gas, and that's for the whole of Europe. Yes, but if Europe starts to move towards renewables, yes, as which a joint they are effort, doing... But, but at the moment, they've got their hands tied. Yeah. Yeah. But they, we need it. We need gas. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We sanction like, Russia, but cool, cut. Yeah. No, honestly, <laughs> like, like, as someone that yeah. actually has, like, that I, I use, I have, like, gas hobs in my flat. Yeah. Like, if, if the gas supply was cut off, 
I would be able to cook stuff. Yeah. So, like, genuinely, that is, like... I, I'm not... Again, I'm not saying we shouldn't chat, but, but... But you're basically like, yeah, I never asked to do I'm joking. Yeah, that's not what you're saying. I know, I know that's not... I'm just yeah. joking. But, yeah, um, speaking of... Uh, so, just quickly tie back to G20. So, what I've just been reading yeah. is that, so... Um, Russia apparently got... Uh, Putin got quite... Um, Pally with Bin Salman, you know, the um, crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Oh, you British journalists. Oh, yeah. they have something in common. Exactly. <laughs> <yeah>. And apparently, <laughs> back home, they had a bit of a pop at Bin Salman. Good. Yeah, and Theresa May said she pressed him. Um, Sorry, I, I, I mean, I don't think rubbing his cock counts. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> sorry. But anyway, so it's, it's interesting I'm about sorry, Russia's, Russia's aggression towards uh, Ukraine and the fact that they pally with Saudi Arabia. Quite interesting, actually. It well, shows like, yeah. Basically, Saudi have, like, one of the biggest militaries in the world and they supply a lot of... Well, actually, we, we do a lot of deals with Saudis over defence and I imagine Russia probably does as well. But, I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah. And f- so, yeah, going back, yeah, sort of going to Bin Salman. So, apparently, Turkey, obviously, because this happened in the Turkish embassy, didn't it? This journalist that got killed. And um, a Turkey apparently really pressed him on it, like saying, oh, no, it's unbelievable that you're denying it. I'm like, okay, Erdogan, you, you, know, you're, you know, you don't exactly have full wit on this when it comes to fucking kind of like, you know, killing journalists, yeah, this is... Uh, it doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't make it if right, but yeah. If a journalist was butchered in the Turkish embassy, then yeah, I'd be pissed. But yeah, no, I get your yeah. point. He doesn't it's, have It's form. interesting how a, an authoritarian leader has a go at another authoritarian leader for going... Well, no, it's, it's, it's not a surprise because they're both authoritarian. They both think they're right. So, like... Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is... Uh, it, it's, see, the G20, it's like... Is it, this is a time where basically you know you build up all that resentment it's yeah. to, to unleash it. It's basically just a. It's mm. like it's like family counselling. You just unleash it all there. But, but when the shit gets done, they all they all reiterated their confirmation to. Uh, they, they all reiterated um, their thing about the Paris Climate. Deal. Apart from US, their commitment to the their Paris. commitment to the Paris Climate Accord, but the US, of course. Um, so, yeah, yeah didn't did do that. Also, they um, Russia negotiated. So not Russia, sorry. The US negotiated with Canada. You know that trade deal that they've been really fighting against. Yeah. Apparently, they've agreed to deal now. So, yeah, uh, they've agreed to deal. They've actually uh, Trudeau so, and Trump. So, so the D twenty. Okay, in summary, the Saudi prince. <laughs> And I'm, I'm sorry about my choice of words. Is getting butchered over this journalist attack. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Sorry. he is, but, my... but, but but obviously, so can I just say the summary? There's that. Um, the G20 countries have agreed to uphold the climate accord, uh, and Russia um, is getting called out by most Western countries about the attack on Ukraine apart from the US. Essentially, that's kind of a summary of it. Yeah, basically. Or trade talks as well. They they had some vague stuff about boosting developing countries, you know, economies, blah, blah, blah. You know, they had some vague talks on that, but according to ITVT, the G20 summit was all over the place. Like... I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was completely... Because because this is the most... Well, because they've got Russia doing something dodgy with Ukraine. They've got Saudi Arabia doing something dodgy. And the fact that in both situations, America refused to say that Putin shouldn't be doing what he's doing. And even worse, Trump took Saudi Arabia's side. 
Yeah, despite the CIA saying he actually yeah. killed, uh, Saudi Arabia killed Kasagi, despite yeah. the CIA saying that, Trump just went, oh, well, he said he denied it, so... I mean, and, and he kept banging on about how he loves the Saudis, he's like, I love it, the Saudis. It, yeah, well, well, because you want to nick their ideas. I'm sorry, but mate, if your Mac wasn't so expensive, I'd be thrown out the window right now, just because this is so painful. But the, but no, no one's just all over Why would you have... I'm I sorry, I'm sorry. 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 I'm so confused as to what this has to do with Trump. Well, well because you get so angry, you just want to throw something. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK, um, cool. No, 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 I don't, I don't have anything against your Mac, but... Uh, I'll just move that away from Mark yeah. quite slowly. <laughs> it's produced by the US, so fuck <laughs> By a US-led company. Anyway... Probably made in China. So. No, they make their stuff in America. Oh, oh Apple. I thought they, they had a load of Chinese... They, start, they started moving everything over to America. Oh, what, because all the suicide rates in China... Yeah, and also I think yeah. the fact that Trump's going to start bringing in policies that basically mean that it's... Nationalised it. Not nationalised things, but... That basically, it's going to be harder to produce stuff in other parts of the world, yeah. so it would be easier yeah. for them to make things in America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so... Plus, it just looks better as a business model, considering they've got enough money to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, like, going back to this sort of G20, I think we live in some... We live in such a... I... I think this is the most divided we've been as a globe in oh, yeah, a long time. Like, yes, we had the Cold War. and But even with the Cold War, you had two separate sides. You had basically two sides. Um, and with most conflicts, you seem to have more or less two sides. Whereas it's, it appears like the globe at the moment is so many different factions. And the allies you'd expect to have, you don't have. Like the US who'd normally be a natural ally with most of the West, are suddenly going at it on their own. Um, and, and China, who you think is going to be more isolated, is now actually taking over the US's role. And it, it just, it's, just, it's just really... Yeah, it's really interesting uh, as well. China has sided with Europe. On the climate? On, yeah. on climate. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they're also against what Saudi Arabia has done. Yeah. <laughs> or as whole China are against what Saudi Arabia done. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, but they're trying to yeah, basically yeah, yeah. position themselves as a global leader. Mm. Yeah, it's quite clever positioning, but... And they've also come out against Russia as well. But Lee, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry can I just call you out on this, Lee? Um, you sort of had a go at sort of Turkey for having a go, you know, for yeah. holding Saudi to account, and you also having a go at China. No. Because they're naturally, I get why, because they're naturally both authoritarian states, but... Joel's right, they've got to perceive as an image, but also as well, it's good that they're trying to say those things and possibly reform themselves. Well, I mean... Erdogan won, but China... Well, well, I mean... I mean, whether... I don't see... I mean, look, I don't see any evidence that China is going to reform itself in terms of human rights abuses. I don't know whether... If if you you have any evidence of that, then I'd absolutely welcome that. But the thing is, they're an undemocratic country. They still force down policy, you know, force policies on people, and they still commit massive human rights abuses That's towards workers in their country. So yeah, they quite, do. Yeah. So I mean, let's not. I mean, so China might be taking a lead on the world stage, and that's a good thing in terms of their they're having a pop at other countries for you know doing really awful stuff, and they're taking a lead on climate change. That's great, but I don't think we should lose sight of the fact. Oh that no, 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 no. We should. No, well, what's I'm this saying is a good I'm step. It's interesting. It's interesting. interesting. It's an interesting development. So, this this is kind of interesting um the word interesting in in chinese when they when when a chinese person says 
that you live in interesting times. Yeah. That basically means that everything is going to shit. Really? Yeah. Okay. Is that is that what the way they say interesting? That that's that's what it means to them. Basically, if you say to a Chinese person, "Oh, that's interesting," they take that as something that's gone terribly wrong. But right, yeah. so, but I think, yeah. I think, oh, okay. I, I, I but know. I think what, but I think what's good is that China presents itself as global leader, call out Saudi, because yeah. it means the Saudis will be forced to change tack. Because yeah. essentially, Saudi are very close to having another Arab Spring on their hand. I mean, the other, okay, the reason the Arab Spring fell before is because basically the West didn't follow through with their support for the o- secular opposition. But then That's the opposition kind of, themselves were very split. So. They, yeah, there was there was factors as well, but the Western, not they should interview, but in a way, and in it, Egypt, it, like the Muslim Brotherhood took over or end up being authoritarian themselves. But, but if yeah. there's like a secular democracy, uh, democratic parties that want to take over, the West should have done more to support that, uh, in my view. But yeah, so let, I mean, the G20, I mean, the world is so. It's uh, but as you said about factions as well, there's so many different types of factions. I mean, the G20. You know, let's not even get into Israel-Palestine, because I don't know... You know, Israel are sli- essentially I mean, becoming the one It's going to take over Palestine. That's basically what's going to happen, and no-one's talking about that. It's because there's so much shit going on in the There's world. so much else going on, though, so... What's happening in the Middle East is being... Well, actually, the actually, G20, was the, the whole North South Korea thing brought up? And also, what's going on with that? Like, well, So, I think the last thing I got... Are you going to... S- no, I'm I, I, when I was reading about G20 Summit, uh, I, I was only reading the highlights, and so yeah. I didn't actually get the full... Uh, There's probably a full timetable. No, but what I'm saying, yeah. that I'd be interested what's happening. I'm just talking about yeah. global news, what's happening with North and so, South Korea. I don't I mean. know if everything's been spoken about in the G20, but the last thing I remember reading, which was probably only a few weeks back, about North and South Korea, was that they are now going to slowly start... Um, a sort of transition period towards allowing more North Koreans to come over to work in South Korean factories yeah. um, and start doing things like um, letting families that have been separated for so long like meet each other yeah, um, for like periods of time. Not so oh, that, oh, that, that's, that's what they did. similar to the Berlin Wall. Yeah. What, oh, yeah. So, oh, hang on. This is, and then the Berlin Wall fell. But, <laughs> so the Berlin Wall <laughs> fell and obviously Russia was running that side and they just ran yeah and obviously the west took over the difference is is that King John is still very much I don't think that he would let go of power it would be a very it would be completely different but what's happening with like nuclear weapons programs and stuff like that from what I've read um, and this is based on analysis not based on what anything that's been recently released but based on analysis on from experts uh, across the globe they they can see that it is quite clear that King John from what they can tell, is actually honouring his... Nuclear disarmament. Yeah, and is slowly starting to disarm nuclear weapons. He's still building missiles, but not nuclear missiles. Yeah. Which no, and technically, he didn't, he didn't agree to not build missiles. He just agreed to not build nuclear weapons. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. and, al- and also, the fact is, it seems that um, the tension between South and North Korea is is actually de-escalating. Yeah. And actually, the fact that they're opening their border a bit more, that is a positive thing. Yeah. Um, and actually, maybe they will have a sort of more. They, they'll probably. I imagine what I see happening is that they'll still have probably immigration control there. Yeah. But they'll they will allow people more freely to go in and out. Yeah. But within a sort of immigration system. But maybe, maybe yeah. North Korea are trying to position themselves in a way like China are. 
Yeah, we're not exactly democratic, but we're upholding more human rights. Than so, before. North Korea, like, Kim Jong-un, one of the things he did say when he obviously, like, had, after he had this talk with Trump was, which I found quite interesting, and he said this a couple of times before he had the talk with Trump as well, was that the first thing that my father always wanted to do was to, to, to make us a nuclear state. Yeah. We have now achieved that first thing. The second thing my father wanted to achieve... A nuclear state or a nuclear-free state? No, as in, like, have nuclear weapons so that they can say to the world, we've built nuclear weapons. You you can't just... Don't screw with us. You can't push us around, basically. Anyway, and the second thing, yeah. The second thing that his father wanted to do after building nuclear weapons successfully was to to then... Which I find a really... This is just an odd thing from our point of view, but... Yeah. Is to start building up the economy so that people can have a better life in North Korea. And I was like, surely that should have been your first thing. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I want. The well-being of your people versus how you're perceived on the world stage. Uh, well, actually, if you actually treat your people better, you'd be perceived better on the world stage. Yeah. So, I, mean, I, mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, do you know so what? he's I'm... now talking about, like, basically massively growing the North Korean economy. In what sense? In sense of opening up. So I think there is like, going to be... A... It's going to become slightly more open, not massive, not even like China. Is, is everything state-owned in North Korea? At the moment, yeah. Yeah. But he's talking about like slightly opening up the economy, to, I think at the moment just to South Korean companies. Yeah. Because obviously... That's the kind of agreement yeah, they've got in place yeah. with each other. So actually they're more cooperative with them, which is what's important. Yeah. And that's the first step to becoming more open. Yeah. But like, but do you know we could go on about world issues for a long time? Yep, we could. You know, and because you know, I don't even know what's happening with Iran and the US, because um, you know the US Trump was going to can a nuclear deal. <laughs> Obama thought so. I have no idea what's going on that either. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think. Well, I would say yeah. we could go on about that. There's loads of issues we could talk about, but I think you wanted to talk about something. No, like, no, 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 no. We're going to move on to. Hold on, you you keep trying to. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! I actually forgot about that. Exactly. This is why I wanted to talk about because you, you know. Still a world issue. It's still going a world off a issue. One, yeah. but, sorry, that's the nature of going off a one. Yeah, but you sorry. forget about what I'm. The what? biggest world issue. Which is climate change. That is the biggest world issue. So, anyway. Um, yeah, so there's this story I've seen that's really quite interesting. Um, it, this, this girl, this 15 year old girl in Sweden, have, has been missing her, um, her afternoon. Um, Friday afternoons. Friday afternoons in school to go protest outside um, the Swedish parliament uh, because they're not taking enough action on climate change. Now, this in itself wouldn't be a big story, um, but it is because she has actually inspired lots, thousands of Australian students to start doing the same. They started, like, missing school. Actually, what they did, yeah, they, I think the first time they took action was this Friday... As a couple of days ago, they started. Like, I think, I think you had in Canberra, you had, I think, in Sydney as well. You know, you had all across Australia kids coming out, you know, to protest, to miss in school on this Friday, uh, to protest against their government's inaction on climate change. Um, and, I, and that was really significant. It actually, and also, the Prime Minister of Australia um commented on this and of course he was very critical of what they were doing so obviously they're missing school and he said you know that they'll be good he said and i quote all that you know you know at the end of the day all they're doing here is becoming too too much like 
political activists and their students they need to be learning uh, about science and uh, engineering and they you know we, we need to kind of like they need to be learning enough to you know to make their way in the world and all they're doing is becoming truant political activists I'm like sorry they're becoming political activists and he said it sort of a, as a very negative thing um, I mean I would have liked to have said to him that if if your students in your country are engaging one are engaging in politics which is a brilliant thing but two yeah think that your country is not doing enough yeah. For, yeah. To, to tackle global warming or climate change or whatever you want to call it, then that speaks more about your government yeah. than it does about them. Yeah, absolutely it does. And it's interesting when they saw... So and the fact that you don't want to acknowledge that is yeah. just shocking. Yeah, I mean, and it just, it, you just kind of dismiss them. Yeah. You dismiss what they're... Because obviously in Australia... Sadly, the two main political parties aren't really doing enough. Like, so whether obviously it's a Liberal Party that are in power at the moment, and obviously they're basically the Conservatives in Australia, um, and you've got the Labour Party who are the opposition, but neither of the big parties are really kind of like talking about combating climate change seriously. Um, and so and these students have felt they've got their choice. And they were inspired by this um, Swedish girl who's just getting this one, but she's made worldwide headlines because I think, she, because she was doing this, like she's been doing this frequently for I think for a few months now, and this has got the attention of Swedish media and it's ended up getting attention of the also, world is, media. Is she like autistic as well? No, this is a great, this is a very interesting thing as well. So she actually said, so I have Asperger's syndrome, right? And I see things very black and white, and politicians have made dealing with climate change too complicated. So, and I don't get why they've made this so complicated, because the way I see it, you need to deal with this. And, pe- and she's actually also said that people are talking about the fact that, oh, I'm missing school, I'm playing truant, and, you know, I, I, you know I'm messing up my futures, but actually... What future am I going to have if you don't deal with climate exactly. change? And and so this is why I think this is the kind of thing people yeah, need to be doing. This is why I have faith in the... And also, this is why I have faith in the younger generation. Yeah. This is why I look to the younger generation and I thought, you know what the score is? And yeah. I, well, I mean, technically we are part of the younger generation. But we are, but we, I, I think it's because of things like the internet Yeah. People yeah, free free information like accessible. people are more informed and at a younger age and mm. are actually generally. I would even go as far as to say because they're more informed, they tend to be more intelligent. Like, well, I, th- I think being we are being, in, being informed allows you to then make your own decisions about mm. things as well. And like, we are part of a generation that has actually had the like largest change in terms of access to yeah. free, or at least exactly, almost free yeah. information. And when it comes to climate change, we're going to be affected the most. But I, th- I think the problem, yeah, we're going to be affected the most, but I think the biggest problem is, is it's the older generation who are running things at the moment. Yeah, and they're set in their way. So although we're more informed, the older generation, they're so set in their ways, it's like they're aggressive almost in terms of the policies they're pursuing. Yeah. You just, again, you look at, and it's because it benefits big businesses because they just believe in the status quo. The problem with the status quo, and this is the irony of the whole thing, is that those big businesses who want capitalism to succeed, the irony is they continue to pursue their fossil fuel-led, low-paid industries, 
Right, what's going to end up happening is capitalism is going to go inward on itself. So in a way, in order to protect capitalism, you need to make things more progressive, more about renewable energy. You need to take care of the planet, because if you want to continue with that system, you need to take care of the planet. Uh, you also need to motivate people more by, again, better working conditions and stuff like that, uh, more affordable housing. You need to give young people hope. That this happened. Otherwise, what will happen is what's happening now. Yeah, the fact that kids are missing school, like, and they're yeah. missing, they've not. But they're yeah. missing school because we aren't doing anything about it. Yeah, like, exactly. I but that's what I'm saying. I, what's there for? It's us. Yeah, yeah. I, I read an article today about global warming and the fact that basically we might as well have just gone. Yeah, we signed a deal, but who gives a fuck? Because yeah. like, we might as well just including, including, ask including yeah, this like year it. as well. Yeah. yeah, this year looks like it's on track to guess what be the warmest year on record. Again. 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 It will then mean that the last four years have been the hottest years ever in recorded history. And the last, in the last um, 20 years, um, it's things like the last 22 years, 20 of those 22 years were the warmest on record. Which is... Insane. I mean, just go back to like kind of the tactics being used to sort of protest this. A lot of people might say, "Oh, well, these kids are breaking law by playing truant, whatever." But actually, if you look throughout history, people have broken laws. They've broken laws in order to kind of change unjust laws and change unjust. To get laws. their voice heard. Yeah. To get their voice heard, people have always broken laws. Like in the UK, we actually in the UK, there's, there's been there's some climate protesters that have been arrested. Have you heard of Extinction Rebellion? Yeah, yeah, they got arrested for their tactics. I think yeah. it was that they laid down in the road, didn't yeah. they? Or, yeah, but but things they feel they have no choice to, but to do this. And I, I can completely understand that. I mean, I it's mean, whether I'd take those tactics myself, I'm not sure, but I can completely understand why they do it. That's why I completely understand why these kids are playing truant, you know, because actually, and I said that in quote marks, so I just think, you know what, they need they need a future, and if they feel they need to do this. So they maybe have pol- a future. To have a future, then good on them. And maybe yeah. politicians I mean, should bloody listen. But I, th- I think what often annoys me, you get a lot of, say, liberal con- commentators that are not, again, the older generation, not the younger generation, but sort of middle-aged or creeping to 40, 50, who sort of say, well, they, they do have a right to protest, but, you know, if you, but if you start breaking the rules, uh, no-one's going to listen to you. And if we vote in, if we vote in people... Uh, that are more progressive, then we should focus on the sort of the democratic process. And if we start breaking rules, they won't listen to you. And it's sort of kind of like, no, we've tried to, we've tried the status quo, and it hasn't worked, yeah. and it's failed our generation. And I think whoever's listening tonight, any person in any country, as a younger person, will relate to that. Our generation has been screwed has been absolutely screwed by global warming, by poor working conditions, by lack of... If you live in a Western country as well, yeah. by the liberal, like, the by the... Intelligentsia. Oh, oh, what, the, what the fuck? The Metropolitan Liberal League. Is yeah, that like, whatever Margaret Thatcher introduced in Robert Neoliberalism. Robert neoliberalism. That's yeah. Neoliberalism. neoliberalism, yeah. Like, most, most of the Western world has been fucked over by neoliberalism. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and also large parts of South America and Africa have also been screwed over by that. And I'd even actually go as far as to say most of the world has been... Most of the world. I think neoliberalism, yeah. Because it introduced the idea as well of free trade agreements. Yeah. Which actually, free trade which agreements... hasn't left. No. Free trade agreements have screwed over 
the poorest, basically. Because yeah. they, yeah, they, they just talk about opened up opportunities, but what they've done is yeah, opportunities for big business to thrive, but what about at the small expense. Business? Yeah, exactly. The, small business or the workers or people who are just trying to go about their day, but they can't afford a loaf of bread. You know, it goes even yeah. back to that. Like, yeah. it's. But yeah, so I mean, these these students, I think, are really inspiring, yeah. and I think we should. As be, it give us, it gives me. Yeah, hope. It gives me hope gives that me hopefully hope. things might be a bit better in the future. As we'll if see. we have a planet. To, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, uh, this report that I was reading. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. I know. I know. Like, the, there's some not particularly great things on it. First really? of all, <laughs> over the last five years, um, carbon emissions kind of reached a peak about five years ago and they flattened off. Yeah. This was seen as by scientists a sign that things were starting to get better as in like emissions have reached their peak. Yeah. So now they're gonna start going down. Yeah. They reached their peak, they stayed at their peak, and now they're actually starting to go back up again. Yeah. <gasps> oh wonderful. Because America is investing in fossil fuels. Because yeah. China can't build nuclear power stations fast enough, so they put putting up coal power stations in the meantime. Yeah. Oh, Christ. And I can't even remember now. I think parts of parts of Europe are investing in coal power stations as well. Oh, for What about the UK? Yeah, we are. Mm, not coal, I don't think. No. Fracking, na- mainly. Na- yeah. Natural gas. Natural gas or shell we're gas. Up, yeah. We're putting up natural gas a lot. Yeah. Like, because it's cleaner. Um, <laughs> sorry, quotes yeah. there, people. Quote, Cleaner. Yeah. Quote marks, yeah. Cleaner, um, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're sort of a, it's very like fossil, it's like a fossil fuel frenzy, if yeah. you like, yeah. Like there's been a surge in kind of yeah. using it. Yeah. Um, and that's basically causing CO2 to continue to climb. I think it, they, they thought it'd hit a limit at about four, just over 400 parts per million. Yeah they can now see that it's climbing towards, like, 410 parts per million. And if we continue to go at this rate, like, we'll probably be at 500 parts per million before we even know. Yeah. Yeah. And although there are people looking at ways to take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, because that is now literally the only way we could potentially save ourselves. Yeah. Not to stop, but to literally be like, okay... We need to stop, but we also need to get rid of the stuff that's up there now because yeah. it's just too much of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, people, like, we need to work out how to pull it, pull it, pull it out because otherwise, by 2050, yeah. we are looking at a minimum increase of four degrees. I mean, this is going slightly <laughs> off track, but actually, you know, that kind of idea of taking that kind of stuff out of the atmosphere, I remember actually there was a Doctor Who episode I watched um, about this. It's actually a. It was, it was when the Sontarans, some aliens in Doctor Who, they were kind of polluting the Earth's atmosphere. And the way the Doctor dealt with it was to set the atmosphere alight and then kind of, like, take all the shit out and then kind of put this all into this atmospheric converter thing. Now, that's sci-fi, but actually, that kind of idea of, you know, lighting the atmosphere, like, is that is that even... And, and kind of taking the toxins out of the atmosphere in that way. Is that even plausible? Or is that, is that just pure sci-fi there? I, it's not It's not completely sci-fi. I mean, yeah. I don't think we'll be lighting the atmosphere. Not lighting the atmosphere, but yeah. But I think the plan is to try and see if we can extract CO2 from it. Yeah. And then store it in something. Yeah. And probably bury it under a mountain 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or, like, I've seen a few situations where, like, oh, we could extract it and then turn it into, like, oil again and then put the oil back on the ground where we got it from. Oh, here's an idea. What about we, we just send it to space? Why would we do that? We've already put enough shit in space, Lee. We don't need to make it even more. Yeah, hold on, but the universe is, like, huge, so quite honestly, like... Oh, yeah, let's... Let's pollute space. Yay! Yeah, yeah, but you're... The final frontier. (laughs) Quite literally. (laughs) I'm not being funny, but all you're going to do is just... You're going to fuck up the solar system. (laughs) As soon as I said that, I was like, actually... But then the universe is huge. It's going to go off anyway. The funny thing is, yeah, is that we're already starting to pollute space by the amount... For fuck's sake! I was only... By the amount of, like, debris that's left over from, like, old Uh, satellites that are still orbiting the Earth. Yeah. Obviously... That's a very small amount of space, but we're polluting the bit of space that is closest to us. Right, yeah, so sending uh, gas out to space, but surely it just kind of um, disassipates. If as soon as it goes into space and you release it, then it surely just, like, because there's no atmosphere in space. I mean, I don't even know how that would really work. I don't know about the yeah. physics on it. So, could you something about releasing gas into space? No, I'm just thinking I mean, part, about getting... Part of me would say that if you just literally, like, went and just, like, released it into space, as in, like, you know, as as a gas without yeah. it being in a container, most well, likely and it wouldn't even do. No, but like in a container, release it, and that can then that container comes back to. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, Joe. I'm just yeah. You're clearly I'm, not clearly a, not a scientist. I mean, so a scientist one thing listen. I would say is that <laughs> if anyone clever is listening, like, and I mean by clever, I mean like super fucking clever, and is potentially working on a space mission to Mars then a good idea would probably be if you can work out a way to capture CO2 would be to then take that to Mars to help start the process of colonising um, Mars and also terraforming it terraforming it yeah to make it warmer basically because CO2 yeah. obviously war- make it warmer there you go let's fuck up Mars yay no, that's the ironic thing you see because if we want to terraform Mars to be suitable for us to live on it we would actually need mm. to put CO2 into the atmosphere. Yeah. Whereas we don't need to put CO2 into the atmosphere on our planet. Because nah, we've got enough of it. <laughs> yeah, already, basically, yeah. yeah. Oh dear, all the science. But, but yeah. Yeah. Wait, there was another science. Yes, yeah, a science think? thing. A science yeah, thing. First science climate things. change and now. Yeah, Cry- Mr. White. Yes, science. Cryonics. Cryonics. Science. Cryonics. Yeah. Cryonics. So for those of us... Um, for the layman. For the layman. Cryonics, Joe. What is it? Cryonics One is... One sentence. <laughs> Cryonics is... Exactly. <laughs> Cryonics... Oh, he's dyslexic. That's unfair. What? I was, trying to, I was thinking about, like, can I do it in one sentence? Also, define a sentence. You know. <laughs> no, you can have commas, technically. Yeah, you have I loads know. of commas. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, fucking like, just say yeah, what yeah, it is. Exactly. Say what it is, yeah. Like, okay. So, basically, cryonics is where you freeze a human body. You know, so... Yeah. Cryogenetics, is it cryogenetics? The technical name for it is cryonics. Fair enough, yeah. The people often confuse it with um, cryogenics, yeah. which are actually apparently two separate things that I learned recently today. Cryogenics is um, looking at how matter reacts in an incredibly cold environment. And cryonics is freezing a human body. 
So, cryogenics doesn't really matter. Is that a bad joke? <laughs> wow! <laughs> so, I think we should swiftly move on from that. Right. So, so, what's the news about cryonics then? So, the interesting thing with cryonics is, is that more and more people are starting to actually consider this as an option. So, it's especially, obviously, in America. Yeah. The land of the uh, supposedly free. Um, well, hang on, did Walt Disney freeze himself? That is actually a myth. Oh, he didn't. Fake news. Someone else did freeze themselves quite a long time ago, by the looks of it. At least, sort of, at the turn of the 20th century. Right. Um, the first person to freeze themselves. Um, can't actually remember who it was or what the year was, but yeah. So, there are now quite a few people doing this, and it brings on the question of is it a good idea? And do do we do we actually look, seriously look at this as an option for like after you die? Because mm. pe- most people are taking this as an after you die option as well. So what this what they're doing is they're saying like after you die. They then want to freeze themselves. I want then, but then bring back from the dead, and then hopefully, in the future, they will have the technology to, yeah, to yeah, fix but, you uh, because you're not actually dead. Because actually, there's, it's just something that we don't understand yet. We don't know how to fix it. But that is that's a well, it's not actually a risk. Like the more the bigger risk would be to freeze yourself when you're alive. Yeah, um, because if you want to, if you're like seventy and you're on your way out. Uh, but you want to live longer, and you're thinking if you freeze yourself now, when you wake up, they'll be yeah. taken. But they might not necessarily. I mean, the only way it is because of global warming, you might be naturally unfrozen anyway. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the interesting thing about it to me, when I was sort of like learning about this and like listening to it, was that we can do it, which is interesting. We have actually done a recent test where we apparently. Um, cryogenically, fro- well, or yeah, cryogenically froze um, mouse, rat. I think it was a rabbit's liver. So they removed a rabbit's liver from its body, cryogenically froze the liver, right, and then put the liver back inside the rabbit's body hours later after, after letting it thaw, um, and then the rabbit continued on as if it never. As if nothing had ever happened. How? What? They they also I think by the sounds of it cryogenically froze the rabbit. So they cryogenically froze the rabbit, removed the liver, cryogenically froze the liver, and let the rabbit and the liver thaw. Let the liver thaw first, and they put it back. Put it back the in. Rabbit. Then let the rabbit thaw, and then it's as if they, they didn't even notice, and the body hasn't rejected it either. But how long did they leave it? Uh, I think they left it about five hours. So long enough that, in theory, if it didn't work, it would be dead. Okay, but, okay, the real big test, because, okay, I'm assuming there's a, so, so is, is there a time limit that they're planning to put on this being quantitatively frozen for? Oh, yeah. I mean, these people yeah. were planning to be frozen for potentially at least 100 years or longer. Um, but if you only manage five hours with the rabbit, sure that's a long way yeah, to go. The test wasn't to do how long you can freeze it for. The test was, can you freeze it? And then unfreeze it. Ah, so that's the and without then is it still usable? Which yeah. so it is. They know that they can do that. Yeah, yeah. So the next aim would be to try that on a human. Yeah, 
And if it works for the human, the next stage would be, like, how can we sustain this? Yeah. That was the interesting development in technology, because originally, right. we've only known how to freeze people. We haven't known how to unfreeze people. But now we know how oh, to... Oh, so unfreeze, as in, like, if you can't unfreeze them, they're essentially dead. Yeah. Right. But now we know how to so hold on, who, who tested this on this fabric? Who was it who did it? Oh, it was like some... Like, Sick scientist. I, I can't though. remember. <laughs> but I think it was like part of like either like one of the major like universities in America or Europe. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's either university... Yeah, yeah, so it's either like sort of... In a Western country, basically. Yeah. In a big kind of... Yeah. So, but it was interesting. And it brings on like interesting questions. Like, what these people are hoping when they freeze themselves, that when they come back to life, that they'll be in this like better future yeah. will the future really be better that's the I was saying, do you want to the whole hang on, do, do you want to wake up yeah I say do you want to wake up to basically hell on earth sort of thing like obviously some people that freeze like, themselves because apparently the first guy to ever freeze himself was at the was around the turn of the 20th century he would have had no idea what would happen now is he still frozen yeah still frozen frozen himself when he was about 60 apparently so can we unfreeze him we now can technically unfreeze him. So, we have is, the technology is he going to still be alive? Um, well, technically he should be, because we won't have the technology to, like, you know, take it to, to, to reverse his age, ageing process yet, or anything like that, but he'd have, like, I don't know, 20 or 30 years, I guess. But hang on, hang on. So, 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 but surely that would be the next test. If we can unfreeze a rabbit, unfreeze the next guy, and see what happens. He's going to be dead anyway. If he doesn't make it, like, is it like if you unfreeze him and he dies? Yeah, I mean, everyone obviously knows the risk that chances are that when you do unf- this, it's a that... shock to the system, and he just, yeah. the body would just shut down, surely. But um, I just thought it was interesting, really. At turn of the century, so what, start of the 20th century? Yeah. He must have had a lot of fucking money to do that. Yeah. yeah I, I think he was like, like owner of an oil company or something. I'd be pleased that oil is still the main source. <laughs> that hasn't changed much, has it? Wow, we're still running but things. Yeah, I suppose if he's a Western. Hey, he's probably thinking, yeah, oh God. He's a white Western. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, have I woken up in Africa? <laughs> or no, no, he's probably thinking, oh God, I bet like the world is like run by all these like renewable So the systems. other interesting no, thing as well is that um, they try, they've tried to theorise how this would how you would perceive it if you were to be cryogenically frozen so yeah basically the way the science works is that they um they slowly start to reduce the temperature of the body so even so after you die these there's four major places in the world that currently do this and they and after you they after you die you basically have a life insurance policy with them to be cryogenically frozen and they'll come and collect you, um, take you to their facility. Um, they have this machine that basically keep your heart pumping because they need the blood to keep moving around the body, even though obviously you're dead, um, to stop things from rotting, basically. So yeah. things still keep going. So after you die, once you're frozen, they do this? No, no, before, you, before they've frozen you. They start, with, they start with the process of keeping your heart going while they start to freeze you. But so, while you're dead? But yeah, because if they just leave the blood to stop, then the rotting process will basically start almost immediately. Even so, if you're frozen? No, they haven't frozen you yet. Oh, yeah, so, so, so. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, so the, the start of the process is to keep your heart pumping, even though obviously you're dead, so you're not going to come back to life, but they're keeping the blood going, 
and then after they after they've done that, they start injecting um, basically what is effectively antifreeze into your bloodstream. Just so because they need your. Well, it's an antifreeze toxic to you. It's it's like a human developed version of it. It's, yeah. it's not. But it's basically the same thing as antifreeze in terms of how it works. It's just not obviously yeah, antifreeze. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's to stop. Because what happens normally is if you freeze the human body at the kind of temperature that you'll be frozen at, you basically will your cells will crystallize, and then it will cause irreversible damage to you. So therefore, if you add the antifreeze element, it would balance that out. Yeah, it stops your cells from crystallizing. And basically becoming like spiky, like because your cells become basically horrible spiky objects. They basically, obviously, then crash with each other, and just you know cause massive amounts of damage, which mm. would be very useless. So the antifreeze stops that from happening, and then once they've done that, they start to lower the body temperature down to about. Well, while they're doing this, sorry, they lower the body temperature down to about zero. So you're already at zero degrees. Even with blood pumping around the body? Yeah, while the bo- blood's still pumping around the body. Well, that's impressive. And then, once they've done that, they start removing the blood and replace it with this other fluid that's even better than antifreeze. It's basically this fluid that's going to be in the body that stops your body, when you get down to like the minus 150 degrees section, from basically breaking. Because So when are they going to first test it? you said... Like, you know, they've tested, um... Rabbits. Like the rabbit thing. So when are they going to, fo- uh, you know, actually test us on a human, then? Well, we're already freezing people. We just haven't unfrozen people. So, the next step is... This process that I'm yeah. describing, they already do. Oh, this is the kind of... Right, right. So we've already been freezing people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what's going on is that they're... Uh... Yeah, and then they... And then they basically go from there to basically, sl- like, reducing your temperature... To around minus sixty or something, yeah. And then after that, I think they do a few other things. Can't remember what they are now. And then they basically just put you down to minus one hundred and twenty, and then they put you inside a liquid nitrogen um, chamber, which is at minus one hundred and seventy, to just keep your body nice and solidly frozen. So how how do they decide who they freeze? Do people just apply for this, or yeah, people apply for it, and yeah. See, I thought it would be really expensive, yeah. And apparently, it sort of is. So. It costs eighty thousand dollars to freeze your brain yeah. and two hundred thousand dollars to freeze your body, but they accept life insurance. So you can take out a life insurance policy, and life insurance normally covers you for like a lot of money. Yeah, like like quite a lot of money. So you can take out a life insurance policy, and that will actually cover you to have your entire body frozen after you. Because obviously, after you die, you get. Life insurance, obviously, most people choose to give it to their family, but some people yeah. obviously are choosing to use it to freeze their body. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. So people just apply for this, they pay for it through life insurance, yeah. and obviously, I imagine they have to get to sign a contract, and you're aware of the risk here, but you may not be able to unfreeze you. It's yeah. Not, yeah. So they're, they're aware that actually, they could be frozen so, for a long so time. Anyway, so yeah. they're replacing the blood with this other fluid. Yeah. But then when you surely unfrozen, you don't have blood. Yeah, so obviously... You have a substitute. When you go through the process of unfreezing someone, you just slowly unfreeze them. And then pump blood back into them. And then when they get to about zero degrees, that's when you need to take out that fluid and put blood back into their body. Right, so this fluid stops people breaking, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously if you're... Yeah. And it also doesn't just stop you from breaking, it stops 
Um, it stops the rotting process. It probably totally... stops you from aging. Yeah. Because everything becomes frozen, literally. Like yeah. Cells cannot do anything. And yeah. it basically keeps everything in a stasis. So, like, you will basically not change. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. It stops the brain from getting damaged, all sorts but of things. But I just, I just, honestly, I'm the sort of person, and because it, it, this is essentially sort of an immortality thing, isn't it? It's just people's... But no, well, they're no, hoping for it, yeah. Well, you, but this is this constant, oh, if I'm about to die, I just freeze myself a couple of 20 years, see what it's like in the future, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I would just be very lonely, because yeah. I, I imagine... Well, I mean, that's the argument, isn't it? Basically, like... Ethically, so is it kind people of... People say, like, oh, like, this is immortality, or, like, people... And obviously, well, like, we, as a species, we're always pushing to extend human life expectancy. Oh, yeah, of course. It's a, a survival thing. And, like, one of the interesting things I heard about this was that, you know, some people would argue that when you wake up in the future, like, 100 years from now, or, or, or further, maybe, like... 500 years or even a thousand years into the future yeah but technically you're already dead because even though you've woken up and you're starting this new life and everything's different and maybe everything's really amazing but everything's different you don't know anyone you're starting from scratch you've got no money actually you've got no identity really and no identity yeah well this is the thing because you when I say that I assume okay this 60 year old oil businessman I'm sure he had family that have carried on what he's doing yeah but you know like but look at but that's, as a person, that's 100 yeah. years, though. 100 years, maybe. Maybe 100 years, you know, you might be able to find people that you know. Yeah. Like, well, people not know, that you know. But like people that would have known you or yeah. heard of you. Yeah. Like, because 100 years isn't that far. I mean, you could, you could potentially, you know, if you're thinking great-grandchildren, you know. Yeah. But, but, yeah. But, also, but also as well, I still think of it like this. years. I mean... And, uh, well, so well like, technically, you have claims to something. No, no, but also, can I just say, so the government... So, actually... Does the government sort of register... You know, if you've frozen yourself... Does the government had, register you as dead? dead yeah. do, do the government register you as dead? That's... Well, I mean, yeah, I think they do, because technically your body died anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, yeah, you come back with a no identity, how the hell are you going to explain to anyone who you are and what happens to you? Yeah, well, hang on, this guy was frozen when he was alive, the 60-year-old. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he, was, he chose to do that. But most people... Have chosen to do it like when they die. When they die, yeah. But, um, yeah. like, the thing is, as well, is that. Oh, what was I going to say? What are you saying? Sorry? So, about, you know, like, when you wake up and stuff, you have no identity. How can you oh, sort yeah. of I mean, prove to anyone who you are? And, like, what would actually happen to you? If you're a person that's woken up frozen, yeah. and, like, you've got no identity. Well, what, imagine, what would to be fair, I would imagine you? that the companies that are doing this, they yeah. will have records of who is stored right. in those. And but, actually, and it's and it's interestingly enough now. And obviously, yeah, the people that are waking you up will probably still be working for these companies in the future. Yeah. Um, and they'll be doing it because they've got a full record on a few. They know, if say for people that they, that have died as well, they'll know how you died. Yeah. Whether it was because of a disease, and then they'll be able to basically. And if it was a disease that was not curable in our time... But yeah. curable now. They would go, right, can we work this person up yet? Yep, we can cure this now. Yeah. We've yeah. also worked out the ageing process so we can make them back to when they were, like, 30. Yeah. You know, let's yeah. wake them up. 
But I'm sorry, have you ever seen that Doctor Who episode, The Lazarus Project, where he tries to reverse Lazarus his... Lazarus Experiment. Uh, Lazarus yeah. Experiment, where he tries to reverse his ageing. And um, it's about... But what happened is DNA got mutated and it ended up becoming like a lizard-type creature. I'm not saying that would happen, but is there a risk, risk of reversing ageing? It would just mess up your cells completely that you mutate. It depends how it's used to reverse ageing. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. Yeah. But like... No, but it could mess up your genetics and your DNA, surely. But so it depends how we choose to reverse aging. Because like, if we choose to reverse aging by, because um, have you seen that episode? No, but it sounds very familiar to something else, which was technically written before that. So I'm like, yeah, so it's based on sci-fi. Well, so how he does yeah. it, I think he, um, he he's in a chamber, and like this sort of like yeah, this sort of like small tube chamber that only can only fit in a human, and essentially kind of like this machine kind of gets it gets it spinning round and round and round and round, and then he just comes out and out. No, but then what's going on inside? That's yeah, what's going on inside of him? Yeah, but yeah, I'm just saying, trying to explain the sort of like the sci-fi behind it, like how it actually happened. So he's inside this machine, he spun yeah, round. It was like, genetic code. They reversed they genetic, genetic code. code. He came out, and then like. You know, he sort of like, oh, he was younger, but then the the, the doctor and his assistant, his cells are mutated. Yeah, they looked at like his, his, you know, his records of his cells and stuff, and they're like, those cells have mutated now, and so like. But as, as, as Joel was saying, it depends how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway so sorry, sorry. Let's cause... just probably wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, I think so because we're we're, we're go- see. This is what problem is going off on one is you can digress so much, but yeah, very interesting because it's an ethical thing and there's there's so many other things as well. Um, but yeah, uh, so we, we normally do a good news segment. And no, 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 hold on, hold on. We do have good news. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Let me finish. Right. We have great news. We're the best news out of all the podcasts. This is the best news what we found the out. Best good news. Yeah, best good news. We're alive. We're all still alive. We're all still alive. Yeah. Despite all the climate catastrophe that's going on, uh, global poverty, uh, we're still alive. Yeah. Potential countries, wars. Potential wars. Yeah. Countries We have not died yet, folks. We, uh, we're yeah. still alive. We are still alive. So it hasn't it, accidentally it, slipped onto the red button. Accidentally slipped onto the bone. Nuked the entire world. Yeah. But so, the good news is that we're still alive. Yeah. So rejoice. Yeah. Yes. And anyway, on that anyway, note, anyway, on that, <laughs> note, anyway, on that <laughs> note, thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, please, we're, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so share away on there. And oh, sorry, did we? Sorry, John, did we have the YouTube as well? Did you upload the video recently to that? Um, not yet. But I'll do it. Yeah, yeah so, so anyway, follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, at Going Off of One. Uh, thank you very much. I've been Mark. Um, I've been Lee, and I'm still always going to be Lee. And um, I'm Joel, but I'm sorry.